Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report, HagmanReport.com. That's where all of the information is available for you. We broadcast uh, Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us. Thanks so much for your belief and your trust in us. You know, Obama's criminal enterprise, the enterprise that he set up, during his tenure in office, the wheels are coming off. You've got uh, former FBI Director James Comey, his best friend Robert Mueller, Mueller, Mueller. Take your pick on the pronunciation. Um, of course, you know his good buddy there, acting as independent counsel. You've got Loretta Lynch uh, under. Well, I, I'm going to tell you right now, Loretta Lynch is, is under the uh, uh, the scope of criminal investigation. You've got James Comey under the scope of criminal investigation for his release of classified inf- information in the form of the memorandums to file that were given to his his uh, buddy at the uh, university for dissemination through the media, leaker himself. And you've got uh, Hillary Rodham Clinton herself uh, that should be under investigation, of course, her ties to Russia, Uranium One, among other many other things, the Clinton Foundation, all of the money, questionable monetary transactions with the Clinton Foundation. You've got Huma Abedin Anthony Weiner, You've got, uh, need I go on? Uh, uh, of course. Also, today, one year ago today, Seth Rich, DNC operative, murdered on the streets of Washington, D.C. Investigation means slow walked or no walked by the uh, FBI or by the Washington uh, Metropolitan Police Department. The information is very limited. Now, on my Twitter feed this weekend, I commented, and by the way, my Twitter feed is at Hagman PI, which is separate from the show, because sometimes Joe and I disagree. Sometimes I don't agree with the. Hey, it happens. But so, but but here's the deal: there is a an audio uh, between a, a journalist Neil and, of course, Brad Bauman, the uh, individual, the family spokesman. It's a it's a uh, audio file. You can find it off my Twitter feed at Hagman PI, two N's, Hagman PI. By the way, please follow on my Twitter feed because there will be some important announcements coming up, and that's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it on the Twitter feed first and uh, concurrent with the show. But the, uh, the, uh, and I'm not exactly 100% sure what date this took place. The date really doesn't matter. But the questions between Brad Bauman 
the family spokesman for Seth Rich and Neil, the man asking the questions. Um, it's incredible to me. This is a family spokesman. My comment on Twitter, very simply, there is so much wrong with this, I don't even know where to begin. For a family spokesman, wow. If, if, if that's what he's suggesting that he is, he's certainly, um, that, uh, he, he certainly is not doing the family any, any favors and certainly not, uh, acting as a spokesman, spokesman. So check that out as well. But one year ago today, and of course, the mainstream media won't cover it. The new media is covering it. We do want to push for a resolution. Be careful, ladies and gentlemen, who you follow on this. Be careful who you listen to. We, we neither want to overstate the issues nor understate the importance of certain issues. Our analysis has to be measured and accurate. Just so you know, that's my view on the Seth Rich case. Now, I didn't hear the... Go uh, ahead. I did not hear the audio that you're referring to on your Twitter feed. You want to give a teaser out there for people who... Well, it, 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 honestly, you really have to listen to it. I, I got through it. it. It's difficult to listen to only because there is the... Um, uh, look, the interviewer did a, did a fine job. Neil, the, the gentleman asking the questions, did a fine job. It was this Brad Bauman who said he's the family spokesperson who provided zero information, frankly. Okay. And as a family spokesperson for a family of a murder victim, there's a lot wrong with this. All right. Um, are you trying, as the family or as a loved one, are you trying to find the murder? Are you trying to find a resolution to the murder? Or is there something else going on here? Well, not having not listened to the audio, but just seeing all the um, statements and accusations and, and other things that this guy has made, it seems like he's less concerned about finding who is guilty and more concerned about shielding certain parties uh, from any kind of suspicion. And if the interview is anything like what we've seen from him over this past six months, then I can imagine uh, it's pretty bad. Well, as having dealt with uh, the families of murder victims, it, it's incredibly emotional. The, the emotions are all over the map, and you have it's it's a very delicate area. You, you have to really treat the family with respect, of course. However, um, you also have to understand that the family has got to understand that an investigation must be conducted, regardless, it, now, by the police department or by the investigating body, we'll say. So, in other words, if your family member was murdered, the police become involved, whichever police agency would be the um, uh, over, oversee, overseeing agency would become involved. Regardless of where it leads, you've got to be, you've got to be cooperative. You've, you've got to answer the questions as uncomfortable as they might be. Now, 
with respect to Seth Rich because of all of the elements involved in this. You don't want to politicize the investigation. Regardless of, this could be a Democratic uh, staffer, uh, this could be a Republican staffer. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is, you, as an investigator, you, you cannot afford to politicize the investigation, but you have to, you must look at the politics within the um, within the situation in order to establish motive perhaps means an opportunity as well. What I'm telling you is this. While you can't use the investigation as a as a weapon in the political venue, you have to consider politics as a potential motive. You have to consider um the for example uh his it, well in all cases his actions in the days, weeks, perhaps months before his murder, because that could contribute to a motive for his murder, especially when it's gone unsolved for a year. And, and however, getting back to this interview with uh, Brad Bauman, I would like to sit across the table from Brad Bauman, and I would like to interview this man, because... And I mean, I would hit him with direct head-on questions. And as a matter of fact, uh, I might uh, extend an invitation off-air to do just that. If he is going to be a true family spokesman. But folks, the bottom line is this. Never, don't forget, it was a year today that Seth Rich lost his life to an assailant or assailants. The motive remains unclear. The means, of course, was gunshot wounds too one through and through one ex or one ent- entrance uh, no exit that much we know we don't know anything about the ballistics we don't know we, there's, there's no autopsy report there's there's really very little um well, I'll give you an example on this on this case Brad Bauman refused to disclose the hospital that uh uh Seth Rich was taken to citing privacy concerns and citing the fact that he did not want to jeopardize the investigation. I have never in 30 years and multiple homicides I have never heard that ever, not one time not once as uh, affecting adversely affecting a, a homicide investigation yet this is what Brad Bauman had stated oh yeah I can't because you know that, that would uh, je- potentially jeopardize the, the murder investigation. No, it wouldn't. Has nothing to do with that. You're, you're just you, all you're doing is uh, you're, you're putting speed bumps in the road and, and you're deflecting. And there's a lot wrong with a lot wrong with his answers. Th- th- now, this I am stating. This is my professional viewpoint with respect to this particular case. And so that was just one example. It's worth the time. To go find it, to take a look at it. I was going to do an, uh, in fact, I will do an analysis on this. I just haven't had the chance. It's been, it's been a, 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 a very busy, uh, weekend and, uh, the last week as well. But the, the fact of the matter is there are so many things wrong with the Seth, the, the Seth Rich homicide investigation. Uh, according to Bauman, the, uh, uh one, one thing I did hear in this particular uh, interview was the family apparently has got the 
or the uh, D- Metropolitan Police Department determined that, that the uh, computer, uh, ostensibly the computer that they were looking for, was had nothing to do with the murder whatsoever, so they returned it back to the family. This is at least my understanding of this. Well, says who? And, and he'll comment on that, but, but he won't comment on the destination, the hospital where Seth Rich was taken to. I find this extremely, uh, I yeah, find it weird. I find it very weird. So there's just, again, in my view, there's just, there's something flashing down there. I don't know. Do we have an emergency light going? Is there some sort of emergency? No. Alright. But, but, but there's, there's so much wrong with this. And again, I think if people want justice for Seth Rich, they need a resolution. A resolution must be had for this murder case. And I've worked cold case homicides before. They're not easy. They're not fun. It's a lot of work. But please be careful with uh, who you listen to. I'm, I'm, I'm just throwing that out. Be very cautious as to who you listen to with respect to uh, who's giving information. And be sure to separate speculation from reasoned speculation from fact. Because a lot of times um, that gets all munged up and, and people think something is true when it's not. So that's that. And of course, uh, a couple of other things on my radar, but, but the, the big thing is this, and we're, we're going to be developing this as the program, uh, does unfold. The Obama criminal enterprise is collapsing. The wheels are coming off this bus. You better take a look at, at Mueller. Uh, I believe that Mueller should be immediately fired, terminated. Uh, and I, yes, I was wrong in a, in a previous program. Uh, um, Obama can, in fact, uh, terminate fire, get rid of uh, Mueller as special counsel. So that should be done. The interaction between Comey and Mueller should be investigated, the collusion there, because all uh, Mueller is doing is stocking up all of the Obama-Clinton uh, Lawyers into this into this stable, this corral of attorneys. These are swamp attorneys. Yeah, it is weird that uh, the uh, go ahead. How many of these attorneys are and have been Clinton donors? Have been Clinton lawyers, or have other connections to the Clinton campaigns or the Clinton Foundation? Uh, I just think uh, based on statistics alone. Um, that the number of people that are associated with Clinton that Mueller has brought on. Is it's obviously very slanted, and it's done so uh, on purpose. And I do b- agree, and we've talked about this many times, that he should recuse himself for conflict of interest reasons, uh, first and foremost being his relationship and friendship with James Comey. And there are many other questions that uh, that arise w- with uh, where his loyalties may lie. And it's all since come out that the the whole Russia narrative is and has been a hoax made up not only to undermine and discredit the president, but to try to stonewall his agenda. So what really are they continuing to investigate? Uh, it seems like they're just causing more more trouble based on on uh, on factless uh, factless. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, you, you're right. It's all. Yeah. It's just a big joke. And you know, we continue to see stories that Project Veritas last week did a number of exposés exposing different CNN producers and. Uh, pundits and their their true feelings on what's going on with the the Russian narrative, and the, as you said earlier at the beginning of the show, there is more information coming out about James Comey. Yes, and uh, there's an interesting there's two pieces on Hagman Report about this. 
One is ABC, NBC, and CBS ignore new damning Comey report. And that talks about how the mainstream media is ignoring the fact that Comey memos reportedly held classified info, which made it illegal for him to uh, leak either uh, by himself or through his friend uh, to the mainstream media. And that's a law you cited. I think it's 18 U.S.C. Um, well, the, the the Records Act. It, right. There's there's a couple of things, including but not limited to the Records Act, which which may or may not apply. And, and there is such a thing as retro retroactive classification of documents, which might apply or be applicable in this case. Right. Meaning, if he released the memo, then they went and classified certain information that was in the memo yes. after the fact. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. And uh, b- by the way, at the at the bottom there, we're going to have uh, Trevor Thomas on. He is a tremendous author. Um, uh, I just can't wait. Uh, but at the bottom there, I'm going to uh, we'll tell you a little bit more about Trevor. Uh, Trevor Thomas. Uh, he's from American Thinker, and I want to say thank you so much to American Thinker Thomas Lifton, the um, editor there. Uh, what a great guy. The people at American Thinker, when I say people, the, the authors, the contributors, the, uh, the, those people who write for American Thinker, the best of the best in my view. And we have a, a there's a new piece from Peter Chowka up yes, on Hagman yes. Report. Uh, Stephen Cohen on Tucker Carlson praises Trump Putin meeting as, uh, most <laughs> important and, um, as most important summit since World War II. Peter Chowka is an intellectual great, great man. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, seriously, folks, uh, I, I've gotten to know Peter Chowka, and, and I'm not blowing, blowing smoke uh, for the sake of doing this. Peter Chowka is really, I mean, you, you talk about, sit down and have, have a conversation with him. Have a cup of coffee with him. And to, 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 to just to experience the wealth of knowledge that he's got, uh, so I really highly recommend it. Of course, Peter's articles, as well as, uh, others, including, uh, uh, Trevor Thomas, Trevor Grant Thomas on, uh, from American Thinker. But American Thinker's got just a collection, uh, just a great collection of writers and, uh, true American Thinkers. By the way, portions of the nice broadcast brought to you by Pro Flowers. When is the last time you surprised your wife, your girlfriend, your boss? Hey. Or, or your that special someone in your life. When's the last time you've done that? When's the last time that you spontaneous surprised someone with something completely unexpected? And uh, what was it like? Oh, you know, I, I surprised my wife with a with a bouquet of uh, flowers from proflowers.com in fact they've got something and I'm going to be talking about this later but they've got something called the farm stand flowers collection it is a just a magnificent uh, gift folks here's what you do go to proflowers.com use our coupon code hagman in the microphone box and then at checkout for some very special deals more on that later but uh but anyway, you know, and, and folks, definitely, in these times of turmoil, trouble, and what have you, definitely stop and smell the flowers, literally and figuratively. Really. Uh, it, it does your heart good. And I was thinking today, too, and just a little bit of a side note, Joe. Uh, Lady, the studio dog, I don't know if she's here. I, know I brought her to the studio, but I'm not sure where she where she might be. But anyway. Three years old tomorrow. So happy birthday, lady, the studio dog. I asked Eric what, uh, 
what he planned on getting her. Huh. So, and uh, anyway, um, well, switching gears here. Yes, I don't know how go many ahead. people saw this. Uh, how many of you guys remember the Women's March organizer, uh, Linda Sarzor? Oh, this oh man! If there's anyone that should be arrested for, I also commented on this on, on my Twitter feed. Uh, sedition! I was, I was surprised by this. Um, there's an article on Hagman Reporter. Comes from the Daily Caller. Linda Sassor defends her use of jihad and blames conservative media. Women's March organizer Linda Sazor defended her call for jihad against the White House Sunday, blaming the outrage over her use of the word on conservative media in a Washington Post op-ed. Muslim activist Sazor called for jihad against the White House during a speech she made at the Community Service Recognition Luncheon July 1st. After drawing outrage for using the term jihad, Sazor defended herself by saying she used the term to mean struggle or to strive for in my speech you can watch the unedited version here i sent not a call to violence but a call to speak truth to power and to commit to the struggle for racial and economic justice i was speaking to an all-muslim audience as an american i should be free to share and discuss scripture and teachings of my beloved prophet sazor wrote Sazor was particularly concerned about the outrage over her using the term because it could potentially cause people to be policed because of their faith. Most disturbing about this recent defamation campaign is how it is focused on demonizing the legitimate yet wildly misunderstood Islamic term I used, jihad, which to a majority of Muslims, according to the religious scholars, means struggle or to strive for, Sazor wrote. Well, let me just this term keep... has been hijacked by Muslims and extremism and right-wing extremists alike, leaving ordinary Muslims to defend our faith and, in some cases, uh, be silenced. It sets a dangerous precedent when people of faith are uh, policed and when they're practicing their religion peacefully, it comes with consequences. She vowed to keep fighting in spite of the attacks from the xenophobes and conservative media because dissent is the highest form of patriotism. Well, as she says, okay, and then, she will not be but, silenced. But, but who is she? And people have to understand who she is. Yeah, um, she's in two thousand and four, there was an article that appeared in the um, Columbia Graduate School of Journalism on their website. She acknowledged that a friend of hers, uh, as as uh, uh, as well as a friend of her cousins, uh, or I'm sorry, as well as her cousin. So two people, a friend and a cousin were both serving 99-plus years uh, in Israeli jails because mm-hmm. of their efforts to recruit jihadists to murder, to murder Israeli Jews. The other thing, too, she revealed that her brother-in-law was serving a 12-year sentence in Israel because of his affiliation with Hamas. However, now, of course, because she's such a great person, um, care... Uh, Kara gave her an award back in 2013. Let me just make sure. Oh, and I'm sure she's yeah, well in 2013, it. the Council on American Islamic Relations presented her with the first American Muslim of the Year award. In the following year, they invited her to its 20th annual banquet, where she affectionately referred to the Council on American Islamic Relations Executive Director Nihad Awad as Uncle 
Nihad. Uh, yeah. And, and she derided, she's a big pro- proponent of Sharia law, and she derided critics of Sharia uh, in Saudi Arabia for worrying about, for example, women driving. It's it just absolute lun- lunacy. Yeah, and this article ends uh, with a, a, a great point. It says, despite being the uh, women's march organizer, Sazor has been particularly dismissive of certain issues affecting women yep. when it, uh, uh, when it comes to the female genital mutilation that they found uh, was happening on a wide scale in Michigan. And it, it's so interesting to see how the left and our guest, uh, uh, Trevor Thomas, is going to talk about this next, uh, in the next segment, how the left so quickly will lift up these radical Islamists and how they can be so hypocritical. Uh, this case uh, in this point is, is a perfect example of that being the organizer of the Women's March for Women's Liberation, at the same time being a proponent of uh, female genital mutilation. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to the rational mind, but these people continue to make news and get away with it. And I wonder um, if we will see any uh, further actions from her calling for jihad against the White House and those who are occupying she should the White be, uh, She should be put in the same position as Kathy Griffin. The uh, Secret Service should pay right, her a visit. Right, but she won't. She's going to be lifted up by the left. Not. She's going to be held as a hero and some kind of martyr of free speech. And it's um, it's it's very disturbing to see the trend... Um, of the yeah. people, you know, on on the left or the right, a just because they disagree with the the president or his policies, uh, that they would allow such rhetoric and and calls for for violence and jihad to be accepted, and not only that, to be uplifted in their in their political movement. I, I, I absolutely. Now, a couple of things I, I did mention this real quick on uh, uh, Common Sense last night, but I want to mention this: uh, Canada. Uh, Canada is now finding its citizens for offending uh, people. Uh, the wrong uh, pronouns. Well, well, here's the deal. Uh, John Alabi, 53-year-old Christian male owner of, pro- uh, owner of some apartment buildings, is being ordered to pay a fine of $12,000 by the Ontario Human Rights Tribunal because why? He failed to remove his shoes when showing off his own apartment that was occupied by Muslims. Okay? <laughs> Think about that. What? Uh, uh, this is incredible. Absolutely we'll incredible. Have to get into that more. Uh, that, as well as uh, the Cotter, Cotter family or the Cotter guy getting a, a multi-million dollar settlement from the Canadian government uh, for his attendance, uh, rightfully uh, so, at Gitmo. And there you have Justin Trudeau, of course, Faith Goldie, and others on that uh, as well. Folks, you're listening to the Hagen Report, and we're right back with our guest, uh, Mr. Trevor right Thomas. This. That's right. Stay with us. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. In a thrilling series of novels, T.C. Joseph takes us into the lives of three families who struggle to maintain normal lives in a world where conspiracy theory and Bible prophecy collide. T.C. Joseph's viewpoint of alternative history and understanding of prophetic events will change your view of the world and the events on our horizon. 
Kirkus Review states, Readers of End Times Fiction will be hard-pressed to find it done more intriguingly than this. Extremely readable and fast-paced. Blue Wink Reviews only states, Fans of Tim LaHaye's Left Behind series and Tom Parada's The Leftovers will find this thought-provoking series absolutely riveting. Order your copies of T.C. Joseph's This Generation series from Amazon.com. Book 1, Precipice. Book 2, Pentecost. And Book 3, Penance. Uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in this community and beyond. Stain by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stain by Blood. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Our guest coming up is Trevor Grant Thomas. Now, he uh, his website is actually trevorgrantthomas.com. Also a writer for the American Thinker. Yeah, he's a prolific author. He writes for the AmericanThinker.com. And I want to thank, again, uh, Thomas Lifton for uh, really arranging just a tremendous uh, number of, of writers for that, that website. Uh, Trevor Grant Thomas is the author of The Miracle and Mag- Magnificence of America. It's just a fantastic book. He's written a number of great articles of late. And, you know, um, one thing that we're going to talk about is uh, one of his most recent articles at American Thinkers, the United States, our education system, how we ended up with the group of snowflakes that we have today how we've ended up in this and where we are today what we're seeing today is in in the eyes and from the analysis of trevor grant thomas is really the um the uh end result the effect of our education system as it was designed back in the 50s 
and we are seeing mm-hmm. that the byproduct of that today from the federalization of education and the taking over of the curriculum and, and turning it into indoctrination instead of a platform of learning and um sadly they've done so uh, in a manner that is almost genius by uh, their ability to dumb down and take away the critical thinking skills of just about uh, every American uh, who goes through the educational system. They, yeah. h- him and his yep. wife, that's why they, they also homeschool their children. Tre- Trevor and Michelle, uh, they're, they're Christians. They homeschool, homeschool, uh, Caleb, Jesse, Carolyn, and Noah. Uh, Trevor as well teaches high school mathematics in Gainesville, Georgia. And of course, he maintains his website, uh, trevorgrantthomas.com, writes for American Thinker, writes for his website, also has written the book again, uh, which is, it's a fabulous book, The Miracle and Magnificence of America. And let me just say this, um, you want a good read. That's a book. It's, that's the book, How the Hand, the Word, the Wisdom, and the blessing of God worked in the lives of individuals, events, and institutions to shape America into the greatest nation in the history of humanity. With us now, Mr. Trevor Thomas. Sir, thank you so much for your gift of time coming on our program. Thank you for having me. No, it's, it's, it's great to have you. I, I, we love your work at American Thinker, your website, trevorgrantthomas.com. Uh, now, uh, and of course, your book, as I mentioned, The Miracle and Magnificence of America. Uh, today, let's talk about this leftist progressive agenda, if you don't mind. Can we start out sure. there and how we arrived where we are today? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a topic I've, I've dealt with a lot over the years, as you can tell, if you pay any attention at all to what I've written. <laughs> I, I, we have. And one of the latest articles, The, uh, the Vile Crazy Left. When you right, wrote that, right. I, I actually, I, I actually read that on a Saturday morning, Sunday morning, it was a weekend, and I actually ran, uh, I was holding my, my laptop, and I said, you gotta read this to my wife. She hates it when I do that, by the way. You gotta read this right now. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> well, but, I appreciate that. Well, you know, and, and she was like, wow, you know, but, so yeah, let, let's talk about where we're at today, why we're at where we're at, and what, what are we gonna do about it? The floor is yours. Well, uh, um, I mean, when you when it comes down to liberalism, uh, I think um, there there's not a greater danger to our culture, uh, and um, what uh, what the left has done uh, through uh, its political agenda, uh, what is done to our education system, uh, what is done to uh, the culture at large with uh, our, our entertainment industry, um, and it. it, it we are, it is a it is a daily barrage. It is a daily battle. Uh, it's, I, I don't know if you noticed this. Even Rush, Rush Limbaugh has has uh, uh, stopped uh, calling his uh, his program uh, uh, the Institute for Conservative Studies. He, he's referring to it now as the Institute for Anti Leftist uh, Studies, and uh, and so I think uh, he realizes that's where the battle is. Uh, now, uh, especially with Donald Trump uh, as, uh, as uh, President of the United States. Um, and virtually everything that I write, uh, whether it's, it's to do with the family, uh, and marriage, uh, parenting, 
whether it's to do with uh, our education system, whether it's to do with uh, you know what's going on in the political realm, what's going on in entertainment. Uh, almost everything I write is to address uh, the attacks from the left and what what they're doing to our culture. The the uh, the godless uh, attacks from the left, for the most part, and um, and that's that's what drives me. But uh, as you can see on my website, as you can see on American Thinker and other places I've written, um, and to a great extent, that's what motiva- motivated me to write the book. In the book, the miracle and magnificence of America, um, folks. If you go to TrevorGrantThomas.com. Or you can go to Amazon and, and find the book there. Um, it's almost a year old. It's a year old this month, and uh, right. it's got some great reviews there. But let me tell you, it's never been so relevant as it is today, especially with, with the news that we see coming out. Um, it, it's just it's so relevant. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What, no, what I, wanted, I wanted to do, I, I was... I was I was really motivated to write the book. I, I love history, and I love, uh, you know, what, uh, you know, what the work that our founders did. I love, I love examining, you know, um, the, the Christian influence. You, you cannot deny, as you, as you notice, when when uh, President Trump gave his, his speech in, in Warsaw, and uh, he was he was attacked and vilified for that because of what he called Western values, and to a great extent, what. Western values or Christian values, and and I, I wrote a piece. Um, it was it was too long for American Thinker. It's it's one of the most read pieces on my site. Uh, it's just a couple years old. Uh, it's entitled something along the lines of um, Two Shades of Dismay," and I was uh, chronicling what what liberalism and Islam are doing uh, to the world. And um, I, I, in my mind, there's no greater threat. To life, limb, and liberty uh, in the world today than than is uh, than there are with liberalism and uh, modern liberalism anyway and Islam, and um, and so I, I just I draw such inspiration from uh, from the efforts of our founders, the 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 great Christian men and women, and what they went through um, to uh, to found this great nation, the the uh, what happened in the churches and during the colonial era to. Uh, to revive the country, to to, to light a, a spark uh, for uh, for revolution, which is what my last piece on American Thinker dealt with, and then um, you know, and then what happened uh, during the revolutionary period, and in the constitutional period, the creation of the you know the greatest governing document in the history of humanity, and then um, and then the you know the post constitutional era leading up to the Civil War era. And then um, beyond that, into the industrial era uh, and uh, the age of technology, as you enter the, the 20th century, the modern age of technology with flight and with uh, the digital age. Uh, what my book does, I think, that is that is a bit unusual that you don't really see uh, with a lot of books that try to tackle American history is is the uh, the breadth of it. I, I go from you know the time of Columbus, you know before. America was founded, and what was taking place with the Christian missionaries that were coming to uh, South and Central America, and then how they worked their way into North America, and then you know, and then the, the English colonization of America, which you know led to, of course, uh, our founding. And um, mm-hmm. and I, so I go from that time all the way through into the 20th century and um, uh, flight. Uh, 
getting to the moon, the technology that was required there, the the, the race to get to the moon, uh, and what America did uh, to accomplish that, and then uh, what we did with uh, the digital age and and uh, what we've done in the modern era, being the you know the lone superpower now uh, with our with our military, uh, with our technology, uh, with our industrial strength, although you know that has waned some, but and with our our financial strength, uh, we we are beyond. Uh, comparison in the history of humanity, and uh, and I think to no uh, small extent due to the the efforts of Christian men and women throughout history, and and uh, you know I definitely wanted to uh, uh, you know point that out uh, from again from all the way from Columbus uh, into the 20th and 21st centuries. You, you know, um, wow, yeah, there's a couple of different directions we can go from here, but in the article that you mentioned. Um, the uh, I think it's a forty five hundred word or forty four hundred word article, two shades of dismay. That's that's on your website, uh, right? Trevor TrevorGrantThomas dot com. A couple of things that struck me as really interesting, and I and I just wonder how many people really understand this. One at the very start or at the close to the beginning of the article, you write that uh, the United States government is the largest educator. Uh, in the United States, about 90% of all U.S. children right. Right. attend uh, government schools. And, right. and you look at this not as education, but indoctrination. Uh, right. So, so what we're being, or what the children are being taught and what the, the as the Russians used to call the, the uh, minds, of, minds full of mush are being taught, uh, or not being taught, but, but indoctrinated into this anti-Western sentiment that we're seeing come home to roost today, and that that was started back in the days of Dewey, and moving forward. And I like how you really uh, connect the the, uh, the uh, the Muslim side of this as well to this, because we're seeing this being or we're being overwhelmed uh, by by this Islamic uh, thought in 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 our education system, where everything is defaulting against the West and everything's anti-West and pro. Islam or pro or anti-capitalism and, and pro uh, socialist slash communist. Or what? I, what I and I actually addressed this a, few, a couple of weeks ago in a recent column. Um, after the uh, you know after another round of, of attacks in Europe um, with the Islamic terrorists and um, you know what what we see with um, with liberalism is that they the, the Islamists provide the the bombs, the bullets, the knives, uh, whatever means uh, they want to inflict their terror. And and uh, to a great extent, the liberals in American Europe uh, provide the political cover and um, and provide, uh, you know, coverage in uh, our cover in the media as well. And um, and, and I, I believe it's this is the, the biggest reason why. Because not, there's not much when you really examine, you know, both philosophies. They don't they don't have a lot in common, except for one significant thing: a hatred for Christianity. Yes, and I believe that is that is what that is why the and, you know that's that's why Western civilization is attacked. That's why when Trump talks about it and, and tries to lift it up, uh, it's attacked. Um, you know, and, it's, and that's why uh, there's so many Islamist apologists in the in the uh, American media and the liberal American media in the, in Europe as well. Is because of the disdain for Christianity and for the Christian values. I mean, that, that's 
you know, again, uh, for the most part, Western values are Christian values. It was Christians who founded uh, United States for the most part, and um, and you know, and and wrote our founding documents and and were our early uh, leaders. And um, you know, and, and not they were not perfect by any means, as as my book will also bring to light. But um, uh, uh, liberals can't stand that. They 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 need they need to justify uh, the desire to make themselves their own gods. Which is really, you know, the struggle for every human being when you when you get right out to it. You know, we 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 want to rule our own world, uh, and um, and so you know, and, and Christian that is that is in direct conflict with Christianity. Uh, you know, with uh, the morals that are espoused in uh, in Christianity, and so um, you know, so liberals are are all too willing, sadly, to. Um, you know, to to look at Islam as an alternative, you know, to uh, Christian culture, and and, and uh, you know, as as a means to maybe uh, you know erode uh, you know a lot of those uh, the Christian values that they so despise. In, indeed, I just want to mention this one one thing again, citing your column uh, that you referenced earlier. It uh, you wrote it was in the pulpits of American churches that the seeds of revolution were sown. And I'm taking that out of the context of the article, of course, but I look at right. today's churches, you know, and, and I see such a, an apathy and Joe has, uh, well, Joe, I mean, you can even comment on that. Uh, yeah. And I, I agree with, um, how the, the left and, and Islam has this disdain and hatred for Christianity. And this is one of their unifying points. And it's not only that, uh, what we see them doing. In attacking the Word of God and all the foundations that He has established, you know, from man and woman to um, you know, marriage between man and woman to uh, you know natural versus GMO, uh, you know, right. we just see this constant assault on everything that He has established as good and and His including His His Word and His teachings, and it's getting to the point now where. Uh, be, be, uh, calling yourself a Christian is, is somehow you know con- you are considered racist or a hater or intolerant, and uh, even though the left is you know the, some of the most intolerant people on earth as they preach tolerance, it is very disturbing to see this this hate against Christianity becoming unified amongst the number of different groups, uh, regardless of where they their political allegiances lie, and it's a disturbing trend that I think is going to lead to. Um, a prophetic end as we read about what happens in the last days as the Bible spells out pretty uh, straightforward for Christians and what we're going to face. You know, that's what I was just thinking that, you know, I, I suppose we should not be too surprised, you know, at, at the attacks uh, on Christians and on Christianity in general, given, you know, uh, given what we read in Scripture and, you know, what the the last days are supposed to be like. Um and so, uh, you know, we need to be prepared. We need to be armed, uh, with the truth. Uh, it, think about this too. When, when you, uh, consider what liberalism has wrought, um, it, you know, the two biggest, um, the two biggest, uh, accomplishments, uh, if you want to call it that, uh, are the, are, are, I would say the two, maybe the two biggest legacies of Barack Obama are, uh, the decimation of the Democrat Party and uh, the legal redefinition of marriage. I, I, you know, some people might list Obamacare. I hope, hopefully, that will be 
that will be uh, knocked uh, knocked uh, down soon, and we won't have to uh, no longer discuss that. But um, but uh, the legal redefinition of marriage and the decimation of the Democratic Party. Uh, you know, lots of people in the last uh, uh, six months, you know, since uh, President Trump's election, have noticed you know what has happened across the country with Democrats and how many seats in state houses, uh, you know, uh, at the national level that they have lost. I mean, it's literally measured in the thousands. Uh, again, this is something that I chronicled uh, recently in a piece uh, uh, looking at, you know, uh, what, what has happened uh, to Democrats across the country. And, and the same thing happened in the marriage debate, though. When you, you, you go back as recently as 2009, and U.S. states were 31 for 31 in rejecting same-sex marriage, and by no small margin, it was there were vast majorities. In some cases, you know, 80 percent uh, rejection of same-sex marriage. And uh, and if you average those 31 states, it was uh, it was over two-thirds. It was uh, a little over 67 percent uh, uh, voted to reject same-sex marriage, and not just in the conservative states. Some very liberal right. states like Maine and California. Uh, it was not Prop state. 8 in California? Yeah, yeah, right. In uh, yeah. Colorado, uh, some purple states like Colorado and Ohio, all rejected same-sex marriage. But nevertheless, and, and, and it, this was my point uh, that I made a couple weeks ago, liberals don't need to win elections to get what they want. I mean, they lost as soundly as they've been losing, you know, in, in – uh, in the uh, uh, representation in the state houses and the, in the U.S. Congress, uh, they lost just as soundly in the in the marriage vote. But through uh, you know five foolish, liberal-minded uh, uh, justices on the U.S. Supreme Court, same-sex marriage became the law of the land. And um, and and so you know, and think consider this: if if liberalism can accomplish that. As something as fundamental and as long-lasting, I mean, and I've written this many times. Marriage is one of the earliest truths revealed in Scripture. You, you know, Adam and Eve were created very early, okay. And when Jesus mm-hmm. talked about marriage, he went back to Genesis, to Genesis chapter one and Genesis chapter two, the very beginning. So, marriage was one of the earliest truths revealed by God. If liberalism in in the legal system of the United States, if liberalism can can reverse that, what can they not accomplish? Okay, so that that is that is why we we have to be on our guard. We have to be uh, we have to stand strong. We have you know it's not just in the ballot box. You know, I, and I believe you know our ultimately our problems are not going to be solved by politics. Our problems ultimately are spiritual problems that they require a spiritual solution. And and sadly, you know. As you one, uh, one of you gentlemen referenced earlier, you know, look at what ha- the apathy that's in the churches. Well, it, so many of our denominations, so many of our churches are corrupted by liberalism. Is there anything that liberalism doesn't corrupt? From government to schools to the church to entertainment, virtually everything it touches. And um, and so uh, you know, the, so even in the church, you know, we have churches wanting to compromise on something as fundamental as marriage. And, and, and so, it, it, you know, it, that is why it, it, it's so alarming what we are up against. Because if, if, if marriage can be redefined, what cannot? You know, what can liberalism not accomplish? Well, it's two things. And I often say this. You know, America does not have Americans, I should say. We don't have a problem 
with intolerance. We have a problem with tolerance. We tolerate too doggone much, and especially the right. uh, the, the the vile uh, crud on, on on the on the progressive side, the liberal. Now, now, let me ask you this: Shouldn't we, uh, as conservatives, especially conservative Christians? Are, are are we really looking at liberals, or are we looking at just full blown communists? And, and you might—I don't, I don't know—that might seem like a really silly question or a simple question. Well, no, I, I mean, I, you know, when you look at their 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 economic philosophy, uh, I mean, especially when uh, with those who were so behind what Bernie Sanders was was trying to accomplish, I think um, you know, socialism, communism, you know. Uh, very close to that. Uh, if you look at, uh, I was, I was watching a, a documentary just yesterday and, um, chronicling what had happened, uh, in the Soviet Union, uh, after Stalin took over from Lenin and after he, you know, uh, took over, uh, confiscated, uh, farms and property and, um, you know, and then there was, there was an uprising, uh, and, uh, I mean, and, and, uh, the, the, uh, I forget the, what the, the name of the group was, but, you know, the property owners, the people who were farming the land and producing, you know, goods that fed fed the country. Um, and, and Stalin referred to them as profiteers merely because they wanted, merely because they wanted to farm their own land and grow their own food and make money off of that. They were considered profiteers. And we see that. We see that with, uh, uh, you know, with uh, the way uh, so many on the left attack uh Corporations and corporate America, and um, you know, and, and uh, private property to a great extent. Sadly, um, uh, and, and, and it was very interesting to me too. What what the the people that that Stalin was able to to uh, bring to his side very quickly were the people who resided in the cities, um, who who were not property owners, uh, and you know, and who who you know. Were, but were did not really understand, I was suppose, the the work that went into, you know, a farming and producing a product and, you know, and selling that product and making a profit and then putting that profit back into your you know, back into your farm, back into your equipment, back into your land, back into your labor. You know, they, they didn't understand that. All they understood was, you know, I'm I'm not making much money here in the city and, and you know, and I don't really own any property, so you know, no skin off my nose and, and so he was able to organize uh, you know those folks against uh, against the property owners, against the farmers, and look what, what are the most liberal places in America today? It's U.S. cities. Oh, yeah, big city. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, and and so there, you know, the, the that's where Blue America resides, and and of course, you know, look, look at what the culture is there. I mean, look at you know, look at the violence, um, you know, the disdain for. Christian values um, and for you know uh, conservative values such as property rights and whatnot, uh, and then sure. um, yeah, that's you know that's very troubling. Yeah, it is, and, and you and you do well pointing that out in your prolific uh, writing. You've got numerous articles at American Thinker, and of course, folks, his his uh, own website, trevorgrantthomas.com. dot uh, com. I. I I love the way this man writes and the sentiment which you're able to capture and really present in a very articulate manner. It's just fantastic. And of course, your book uh, as well. I highly recommend that. But we got about uh, about a minute left. 
closing thoughts, and we want to have you back if you'll come back because uh, for a long absolutely maybe 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 we can get the Skype to work next time. I'm sorry, uh, I've never skyped before, and I thought I had it ready to go, and I, I'm sitting here, <laughs> and uh, and the call That's... didn't come through, so I don't know what happened there. But maybe uh, maybe next time we can get the Skype to work. But, well, um, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, but uh, no worries. But yeah, your closing thoughts. Um, I, you know. I, don't lose hope. Uh, there's always hope. Um, and uh, I, again, uh, I you know I love it. To, I love to see conservative win elections and uh, and liberals and liberalism to get defeated. But the, that is not uh, that is not where uh, you know the the solutions lie. That's not where our, our our hope is not in politics. It is in our faith. Um, and uh, and uh, you know I, I I don't hate liberals. I don't. Uh, we need you know we need to love. Uh, we need to love our fellow man, whatever their political stripes. Um, but I do hate liberalism and what it's doing to the culture, what it's doing to the country. And um, I, you know that's uh, a lot of what my website and uh, and my my writings on American Thinker and other places address. And so thank you for, very much for having me. And I would love to be back again. Well, thank you for coming on. TrevorGrantThomas.com is the website. Thank you so much for joining us. We will definitely have you back. Uh, folks, TrevorGrantThomas.com is the website bookmark it. He also is an author for an Amer- for AmericanThinker.com, which uh, is, a, is a great website as well. We will be right back after these short messages. Don't go anywhere. Greenovative. Go to HagmanReport.com. Click on the link to Greenovative. But what Greenovative is, it's a small company in Florida. They created something called the GMAG Power Cell. It produces electricity by adding salt water to this unit that recharges rechargeable batteries. It's the coolest thing you'll ever see in your life. It's really neat. Really a, a super device. All right? You need just two teaspoons of ordinary table salt, a little water, but a bang, you're charging your rechargeable batteries. Super GMAG chargeable is affordable. It's lightweight, weighs about 8 ounces. It's durable. It's EMP proof. And it's environmentally friendly. Yeah, that it is. It'll provide safe and convenient power for recharging uh, six AA batteries off the grid. When other power sources aren't available anywhere, anytime, in any weather, day or night, go to greenovative.com. That's greenovative.com. Folks, in these uncertain times, it just makes sense to have a sustainable backup method for accomplishing one of life's most important tasks, that's preparing food. This is the way to go. There is nothing better than a Minuteman rocket stove from MinutemanStove.com. We all need a way to cook and a method to process water. I mean, think about it. Think about the many things that could happen to you. A Minuteman rocket stove can provide your family or group the perfect solution. It's small, lightweight, wood-burning, and every bit as powerful as a kitchen stove. It's smoke and fully self-contained for clean storage and transport. Because it's so efficient, it cuts down on your wood gathering and processing chores to a tenth of what would be required if cooking the old-fashioned way over an open fire. So don't rely on gas for fuel stoves. Prepare your family. Prepare for yourself. Order a Minuteman rocket stove today. It's going to make bad times much better. Folks, MinutemanStove.com. MinutemanStove.com. Need I say more? You should have a Minuteman, the survival stove in an M.O.K. 
For investors, timberland has become the symbol of safety. Global tropical timber demand continues to surge as the world's population increases. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. When stock markets crash, trees keep growing. Direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to accredited investors. Prime, valuable hardwood groves close to the beautiful Costa Rican border generate and maintain superior long-term wealth. Consider visiting our forest plantations. Qualified, accredited investors should go to PreciousTimberProfits.com or dial 855-888-6288 for more information. Call 855-888-6288 or visit PreciousTimberProfits.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288, PreciousTimberProfits.com, PreciousTimberProfits.com. Folks, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report, 7 to 10 p.m. every weeknight, right here on the Global Star Radio Network, also simulcast on Blog Talk Radio, that's BTR, as well as YouTube Live, where you can watch us live. We've got a great hour lined up for you. We're going to be talking about a number of things, including but not limited to the debt ceiling. How How much more... Can we, how much more debt can we take on? Um, how about social media? What's that doing to, to things? And how is that influencing the news? How about the undeclared wars in relationship to the debt ceiling and, uh, the, uh, our debt and such? There's a lot of things that we're going to get into that's relevant to your plans. What have, what plans have you made? Also, what uh, do you have? Uh, have you gamed out, for example, what you're going to do or what you might be, you know, what you could do should A, B, or C happen? Uh, and that's very difficult. It's kind of ethereal to talk about in a sense. It's just, you know, there are a lot of variables there. But nonetheless, we have to prepare ourselves. We can identify, and we do identify the problems all day long uh, through our broadcasts. And, and the problems are formidable. They're, they're, they've festered for so many years, decades, centuries. So we have to, we do have to identify the problems and each of the components of the problems. But we also have to, to understand, and especially if you're the leader of your family, if you, if you're the, if you, if you're the person that makes the decisions in your family, or as a family unit, how to decide how to respond, not react, but respond to potential problems should they erupt. What would happen if tomorrow you could not? Um, and we talk about this all the time. If, if, if for example, if the uh, Federal Reserve, you know, just or if your dollar doesn't buy anything tomorrow, what would happen if your notes become worthless? Well, again, we, we talk about the problem, but we also have to identify potential solutions. And we have to work that in in a very measured way and responsible way. And we're going to be doing that the next hour with Alex Wilson. Before we get to our guest, folks, proflowers.com. You know, my wife was recently hospitalized, and she got she got a tremendous uh, uh, several bouquets of flowers uh, at the, at the uh, hospital when she was there brought him home and she was in, in a in a family room setting 
and uh, of course they the, the flowers uh, had subsequently wilted and and I surprised her one day. I surprised her with pro flowers, the uh that their new farm stand flowers bouquet. Farm stand flowers bouquet. I surprised her with this. This is incredible. You, in, in fact, um the farm stand flowers bouquet uh it is it, this is a very special, timely um it's it's a special collection, but it, it it reflects the time of year. Um you know, predictability is boring. Surprises are exciting. Pro flowers, they make it easy for you to surprise someone right now. And they're making it even easier with a special offer for you, our listeners. You can send pro flowers, farm stand flowers and get 20% off this collection or any other of their unique exclusive bouquets of $29 or more. But the Farm Sand Flowers collection, my wife was so happy to get them. And I asked her uh, before the program tonight, before I left for the studio, I said, you know, I, I'm going to talk, be talking about pro, pro flowers, and the last bouquet that you got was the Farm Stand collection. You remember those? Oh, I love those. In fact, uh, in fact, I just took them off the the, the table uh, yesterday. It was Sunday. Yeah, that was yesterday. And I said, "Well, what do you think?" And she said, the, "The flowers were really, really fresh, and they were very different." She said, "You know, the one thing that I thought when I saw them, I've never seen anything available like that in the grocery store." Uh, or, or any of the flower shops around here. They were just different. They were, it was just a beautiful assortment of colors and unique flower combinations. She said, boy, do you mind? Can, can you do that again? And she said the aroma too was, was fabulous. And I, I'll attest to that. You could just, you could smell them, uh, just from the other room. So folks, pro flowers. It makes choosing the perfect surprise bouquet simple and quick. Flowers are guaranteed to stay fresh for at least seven days or your money back. And I'll tell you right now, seven days is, uh, I'm, uh, two weeks is my experience. You get to pick the exact date of your unexpected, when your unexpected uh, surprise will arrive. Pro Flowers gives you more bloom for your buck. Big, beautiful flowers with more stems for your money. Here's what you need to do, folks, to get 20% off of your farm stand flowers or any other bouquet of $29 or more. Simply go to proflowers.com. Use our code HAGMAN. That's H-A-G-M-A-N-N at checkout. That's proflowers.com. And our this is important now to get this deal. Use our code HAGMAN at checkout. Folks, don't wait to make someone's day. Go ahead. Be unpredictable. Do it today. Proflowers.com and our code word HAGMAN. All right. Joining us this hour is the founder and owner of Precious Timber, Mr. Alex Wilson. Uh, Alex is an incredible asset to all of us here at the HAGMAN family, and he left the United Kingdom in the early 1980s in part because of the failed socialist policies that we uh, have seen spreading across the Western world, even through today. And, uh, Alex, welcome back to the show. It's great to be back, guys. How are you this evening? Well, we're doing fantastic. How about you? Always good. Stay positive. 
be thankful for what we have every day. Indeed. You know, Mr. Wilson, as you look over the landscape of the United States, we're beset with a number of issues, whether it be financial, you know, the economic situation, whether it be the uh, potential for war, the undeclared wars which in which we are engaged, the uh, politics of destruction that we've seen for the eight, last eight years, and, and now we're seeing play out against the Donald Trump administration. Where do we even start in, in a triage setting? Um, what concerns you right now? Maybe that's the way to go. Yeah, there's so many things, isn't there? No, there is. That's that's the conundrum we have. Um, Obviously, when nations and countries um, have the prosperity, they get, uh, you know, they get more civilized, if you will, in in their approach to sort of global sort of affairs. Um, Greed is one of those disgusting but really relevant things that's inherent in in we more you know we're just human for goodness sakes and so um it's it's difficult to pinpoint any one thing um especially when there's so many i mean we could go down the list and talk for an hour on each each one of the things but i think the biggest thing that kind of concerns me is the the moral separation. Um, and this is, I don't know whether this is even by design or, or just, just as a consequence, but I felt it a lot, um, because I travel a lot. And when I do come back to the U.S., it starts with a ugly entry back into the country on how police forceful the border control are. And Listen, we understand that we have to have borders. Absolutely. But when you're coming back in as, you know, a citizen of the country, a green card holder, or even as, you know, a, a tourist and traveler, um, you can still perform the necessary requirements to keep your borders safe and controlled with humility. And so I am mostly concerned with the polarity separation of how politics, especially the last couple of terms, has kind of eroded, if you will, just the ability for us to be closer as as humans. Now, listen, we always support one another in times of trouble and times of strife and, and disasters and those kinds of things. That's just natural. We're just going to do that. But I'm genuinely concerned at the other times, the the other 95% of the time that we're here. Um, and, and, I, and I do believe it's politically driven um, uh, to, to sort of put people into boxes and categories and and, um, and and sort of point fingers, and so when that starts to fade away, like it like it has done, and like it certainly has done in Europe, um, then where do you go from there? Of course, you've got the financial debacle. You've got the, like all of the you know 
things that you've mentioned, safety issues. Uh, the list is, is endless. There's some very, very real uh, structural, uh, critical, um, you know, things that are not easy to fix. Some of them cannot be fixed. Some of them have to break before they can even be recognized properly because, you know, it's easy to look the other way. Um, but we've got, uh, we've got some, we've got some serious things that, uh, as you mentioned in your open monologue, uh, that, uh, we need to stay alert to. We've got to stay alert. So you have to have these, uh, other uh, media outlets such as the podcast and shows like yours so that you can gain as much information so that you can sieve it, you know, you have to get it all, you have to then categorize it all and you have to lay it all down. Um, and then start looking at some solutions and some possible solutions and some possible, you know, ways around to deflect or even more so, I think, um, protect. So um, it's crazy times, this for sure, but putting it all into, you know, the pot, I think people... If we, if we, uh, ever allow those evil forces to pull us apart as from, from who we truly are, you see that, uh, you see that, you know, we, we see all over the world where people do despicable things, even to their own countrymen and women. So, listen, thankfully we have the power of the Second Amendment, and, um, I'm just, you know, I'm just more and more concerned for, for not just our generation, but I'm concerned for those that are coming up and uh, what these next 25 years might look like, Doug. And, folks, we're talking yeah. with, with Alex Wilson, the founder and owner of Precious Timber. And, and Mr. Wilson, you said a lot there um, about the the moral decline that we see all across the world, whether if it was, uh, you know, by design or if it was a consequence of, of uh, what what they have done. And I do believe it's by design, and it does point to a large degree back to politics, but I, I would venture to say that all of it is uh, points back to what you said, and that it is evil, it is spiritual darkness that is driving uh, many of these, these reasons why we're heading in these wrong directions, such as greed and, and you know, the lust for power. Um, and it's, um, you know, where does that leave our country? And if it is the, if it is the spiritual evil, that is, uh, you know, dominating and, and taking over, um, not only in our country, in our world, as you just said, not only for this generation, but for the future generations to come. What kind of, um, landscape is that going to look like? And, and that doesn't leave much hope. Uh, but thankfully, as you said, there are alternative media outlets and there are alternatives to what, uh, propaganda is being fed to us by, by the mainstream media by the politicians and, and these controllers of society. And I think that um, one place to start is that uh, that fellowship with each other in the Christian community. And we don't, it seems that we don't have enough of that in this country and that the churches are not uh, providing the right kind of fellowship and the churches have become uh, more of a political tool and they have conformed to, to the world rather than sticking to the foundations in Scripture and I think that's where we have lost a lot of our a lot of our spiritual power, but I believe that that is the the root cause of what we are seeing today. And I believe the only way to to really get back on track 
is to have that uh, that strong remnant of believers who uh, listen to the Holy Spirit and will follow uh, where the Holy Spirit guides them. Well, if we don't, there's nowhere else to go, and that's the issue. Um, you know, um, America still has a pretty strong Christian uh, sort of focus, and we must, must never let that uh, falter. Um, you know, as you know, I'm from, you know, Europe, and um, there are still uh, some places that are, are very committed and, and still follow um, the word. But uh, the UK isn't one of them. Um, there's fractions and factions of people still, but very, very small. In fact, when I was growing up as a kid, if you ever spoke to any friend at school about believing in God, you got ridiculed. And, um, you know, churches across the country, unless they have been able to remain open by way of some quasi-business, in other words, you know, the very special places that um, uh, allow you to come in and take a look around for a fee, for example. The rest of them, the little village churches, especially in the little village that I was raised, they long ago got turned into supermarkets or even goodness gracious nightclubs um, and so that degradation and that separation uh, from our creator um, that, 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 that moral degradation of society where people have no regard I mean I don't want to get too dark on us tonight but I've seen it, I've experienced it and um and, and even I'll tell you a story which was really sort of sad. I was I was in the UK a few years ago um, after my mother and father's passing, and um, I'm walking down this little suburban street, terraced houses both sides, and I saw about maybe a hundred meters in front of me two young girls, maybe no older than three or four, playing in the yards with their little dolls, and. Um, on the other side of the street, there was another little girl that, you could tell she was peering over the fence trying to see what the other girls were doing. And as I got closer and closer, it was a sunny day, it was a beautiful day. And I'm just, you know, loving the idyllic sort of conditions. And as they got closer, I heard the sound from the window of the, the young, two little young ones, and it was the, the mother with such profanity, um, reprimanding them. And the little girl across the street said, you can come over here and play. And because she wasn't um, the same color as the other uh, girls, right out of the mouths of babies was the same profanity that the mother was using. And it kind of just made the whole particular instant dark. And you think about that, and, and, and that's, you know, it's happening here more than... I'd like it to see, but it's really rampant throughout the UK, and morality is um, is 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 probably on a par um, with, with with honesty, which is kind of sad. So yeah, we have to be very careful. And so, what do we do about it? A lot of people are saying, "Hey, I want to up and leave, and I want to go to places," and all across the world now, in greater numbers than ever before, um, individuals are picking themselves up and moving to. Uh, different countries, um, different sort of seasons, searching uh, for friendship and searching for, you know, just camaraderie. I mean, get back to 
you know, how it, how was, how we've created, what, why we were created. And so, uh, we're seeing that leaps and bounds and droves, people expatriating, people creating new communities, building new, um, you know, safe zones, if you will. So it's, uh, it's growing. Um, the planes are full. Uh, the freeways are full. Um, and people are, people are moving around the world. What's, um, Alex Wilson is our guest, preciousTimber.com. What would, um, and as you mentioned, by the way, I've been hearing more and more people saying, well, maybe I should, maybe we as a family should explore other options as we see things decay, decline, uh, become exacerbated here in the United States or wherever they might be in their various Western uh, enclaves. But where do you start? If you've really never thought about this before, do you have like a checklist? Uh, obviously, I'll just, uh, you know, for, for example, well, you need a passport. You should have a passport. Um, what else should we... Um, have, uh, and maybe that's just too simplistic of a question. But I think sometimes, sometimes people forget the the basics. Well, you started with the right one, um, and that's the passport. Um, I don't know the exact number, but not too long ago, maybe a five or six or seven years ago, I was reading about that, and and it's a very low number of Americans that actually hold a passport. Um, less than 20%. And actually, of that 20%, uh, the ones that do hold a passport um, are generally, you know, people that came here um, and they want to go back home to visit their family. So they may be European, they may be Asian, they may be Latin American, and so they, they have their U.S. passport now, but they also use it primarily to go see their, their you know, their native family. I'm talking about the majority of the U.S., majority of the U.S., because it's a big, vast, great country still, um, with a lot of fiscal problems that could really upset the apple cart at any given moment, whatever that trigger may be. Um, few Americans travel internationally. There's a lot of places to see. They, they get their RVs, and they, uh, they go across the, the, the border, the state border, and they, they, they vacate that way. There's a really big world out there. And one of the things that's interesting about traveling, and I'm talking international travel, is you meet the most amazing people, curious people, eager to learn and become friends, uh, build, you know, solid sort of companionships, um, most interesting stories. And so where do you start? Well, you start with the passport, Pretty simple to get one. Um, but then what is the list after that? Well, obviously, you know, the hardest thing to do is leave your family. The hardest thing to do is also leave your, you know, your, your country of birth. It was tough for me to do it. Um, because all of the things that we grow up with and they become part, partial of our every fiber. But, um, you know, if you're, there's, there's millions of North Americans, just like there's millions of Europeans looking. Um, where, do you, where do you go? Well, 
thankfully we have the internet, so uh, you could just type in anything, you know, live abroad, expatriation, um, you know, looking for second home, plan B, bug out, all these different uh, phrases. But I think um, after your passport, you, you need a plan. You need a plan. You always need a plan, whether it's a plan because there's a hurricane or on the West Coast, there's a, you know, there's an earthquake. Um, so those are the things that you have to have. And some of the things on that plan uh, should be who do you want to spend time with? What kind of people do you want to be, uh, you know, what, what kind of climate do you like? Do you like the cooler climates? Do you like the hotter climates? Uh, do you like to live with nature or do you like to live in the city? Uh, do you enjoy, you know, fellowship or do you enjoy being a loner? I mean, do you love animals? Uh, so all of those things come into play. And then once you've got that list, then I think it's a matter of visiting some places. And that's why I think you need the passport first, because once you've got your passport, you know, you can go visit places. It's not that expensive to travel around the world today. Obviously, it's it's uh, it's not as cheap as getting on the bus. But you can go and start testing places and seeing whether or not you fit and they accept you. Because there's parts of the world, especially the Latin American countries, you know, there's a lot of Latin Americans coming this way, but there's an enormous amount of Americans and Canadians going that way. They've started communities. They like the... Uh, I'll tell you what people like most. They like most that it's not so affluent and not so uppity as we might say in, 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 in an English term. It's more down to earth, more friendly, more, you know, let's get together after work. Let's sit on the porch on the rocking chair. So it's very, very person to person. Um, and that you usually find that in, in countries that don't have the affluence. Sometimes money, never mind sometimes, most times money gets in the way. Um, and so I can tell you from all of the people that I meet that are heading south, for example, um, they're still collecting their Social Security che checks in a different part of the world, but they have a maybe not quite a higher standard of living, but a better quality of life. Okay. Folks, we're talking with the founder and owner of Precious Timber, Mr. Alex Wilson, and we, do, we have about a minute until we, we're coming up against the break and that's one of the things, and you just laid out there, Mr. Wilson, the, about traveling, is uh, the some people have uh, economic restrictions which uh, don't allow them to to travel as freely as they'd like. And when we come back on the other side, if we can, um, I'd like to cover a little bit about. Uh, I know you wanted to talk about the the economic conditions and the debt ceiling, but how much of the um, how much of a political divide uh, comes with the economic divide? I mean, how much of of how, how closely related are the two um, when we come back on the other side. Folks, you're listening to Alex Wilson. He is the founder and owner of Precious Timber. You can find Precious Timber by going to preciousTimber.com or going on our website and clicking the banner there. We'll be back with Alex Wilson on the other side. Don't go anywhere.
visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com, masterpreps.com. Wow. Uh, masterpreps.com, uh, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you possibly want from uh, cooking uh, utensils, uh, cooking frying pans. To, I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Eric's. Uh, it's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and the Hagman Report family, masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? Hi, I'm Grace Gonzalez from Train Post in the Woods. We are an American family-owned company founded and built on skills and knowledge gained from responding to AP major disasters in the U.S. and around the world. We found that most people don't have enough food and water to survive, let alone any medicinals to save their life. We are offering 25% of our must-have American Heritage Armies kit. It contains 12 homeopathic armies, a booklet that goes over everything in your kit, and our brand new book, Major Disasters Lessons Learned. Just enter coupon code HAGMAN. In life or a disaster, you must be able to take care of yourself. You may not be a medical doctor, and your grandmother and your great-grandmother probably weren't either. But they still knew how to minister to their family's health issues, and so can you. Check out our American Heritage Armies kit at www.changewilsonwoods.com. Your life may depend on it. Hello, everyone. This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. That means you can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. Alex Wilson, our guest, uh, uh, very interesting, very knowledge, knowledgeable man. Uh, the varying things that are taking place all across the United States, really all across the world, how this will impact or could impact your lives. And the question at hand is we are, we are obviously seeing the problems. What about the solutions? And we're going to be talking more about both here momentarily. 
A couple of things. We're seeing wildfires spread across 14 states. We have to, in portions of Canada, we have to really pay attention to what's going on there and pray for those in the paths of these fires. Um, long time great listeners, Bob Maggie, uh, Bob's cousin is in the path of one of the fires. We need to pray for him and for, for everyone in the paths of these devastating fires. You're seeing temperatures across the United States or in some places in the United States soar. Uh, it's incredible. Uh, we're also, some of the other things that we're watching very quickly and very briefly, we're watching the federal probe uh, in part of uh, the land deal that was uh, pushed by Bernie Sanders' wife. Um, we're looking at uh, the uh, 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 the multitude of potential uh, criminal indictments yeah. that could come down from Lynch to Comey to uh, to my goodness. Uh, well, what's Uma interesting, and, and not to just interrupt you, no, but go ahead. What's interesting about about this uh, particular investigation into Jane Sanders yes. and her dealings uh, with fraud uh, with um, Making fraudulent claims about donations to the college that she was the head of, and uh, procuring land and whatnot, she she fudged a lot of numbers to get um, a, a bunch of money. And they even said that Bernie stepped in and applied pressure to banks. And he has since come out and said it was ba- it's basically a political witch hunt. But one one thing that's really interesting is to see the amount of coverage the Sanders probe is getting versus the. The other more important, I would say, political probes into Lynch, into Comey. Very good point. And extremely, thank you for it, that. Well, I yes. mean, because we see, I see it every day and, and, you know, looking for news to put on the website. And very rarely do you see the article pointing out, you know, all of, uh, Loretta Lynch's, uh, you know, attempted injustices or Hillary Clinton or, uh, James Comey. Uh, Comey, more recently, we, we've seen on the alternative news, but there was even a piece today. Uh, on newsbusters that that said you know the three major news media have done everything in, in to avoid covering uh, the latest uh, revelation about Comey leaking classified information and instead we see all this information on the Jane and Bernie Sanders probe which i i don't find coincidental because i think they're uh you know trying to leave someone out to hang and that doesn't want to be one of them so so they're going to you know give give it to the Bernie and Jane there and I do think there was some wrongdoing, at least with uh, the dealings in the primary between Bernie and Hillary, yes. that that's not even being talked about. It's more focused on this one yeah. banking program. Yeah, and you, you make some absolutely excellent points, uh, and thank you for that, because this, the uh, what's taking place behind the scenes, I don't, I don't want to keep our guests waiting, but what's taking place behind the scenes with respect to potential indictments, the criminal activity that... President Donald Trump, by virtue of his position and appoint, appointments to the Department of Justice, what we're seeing take place is this unveiling of this eight years of lawlessness and criminality. And I really believe that uh, we will see indictments. I will. See, I believe that we'll, we'll see criminal indictments uh, that will make our jaws drop uh, if if permitted to continue, but you're right when the, uh, Joe, you're absolutely 100% correct as the, as the news, the mainstream media directs one's attention where, uh, you know, redirects one's attention. 
uh, to stories that okay, yeah, there's meat there, but away from the uh, the the real criminality that has gone unchecked for eight years. Also, lastly, before we go uh, before we bump it back to our guest, just want to remind everyone it was a year ago today that a man by the name of Seth Rich was gunned down in Washington D.C. This is an unsolved homicide. We have seen so much about this case. We have seen uh, so little about this case, perhaps might be a, a more accurate statement. It, if you, and, and as, a, as a family member of, a, of someone who was murdered, and a murder that went unsolved for five long years, You've got to, if, if you want justice for Seth Rich, you will pursue the leads no matter where the, pursue the clues that, that conduct the investigation regardless of where it leads. And this is what we must do. We must keep the pressure on. We must expose the corruption that we're, that we see taking place. We must band together and demand answers. Seth Rich, I truly believe this is a part of a larger issue. This is not conspiracy talk. This is by virtue, by its very definition, a conspiracy, a conspiracy of silence by the people uh, at the highest levels of power. So uh, pray for the soul of Seth Rich, but also let's work together and let's keep the pressure on and let's find answers for Seth Rich and for those people who love that man. Remember, Seth Rich, regardless of what you think of him, he was somebody's son, somebody's brother, somebody's Absolutely. friend. Go ahead, Joe. And as we uh, continue to talk about a number of injustices in this country and things that are not getting enough attention, uh, let's talk a little bit about the economy, uh, Alex Wilson, and the, and the debt ceiling. Um, you know, we are seeing a lot of news since Donald Trump has, has been elected and inaugurated that jobs are being brought back to America, that there is more confidence in, in businesses. We see the stock market is increasing in value to, to new record highs. And uh, one thing that's not really addressed when uh, we seem to see a lot of this good news is the increasing debt ceiling and how much that has increased over the last, you know, just few decades. Um how far do you think that this debt ceiling can go before it all comes crashing down? Well, here's what I see. And um, and I don't know how many people are, are talking about this, but uh, I see two things happening at the same time. I see the economy getting stronger. I see jobs um, being created. I see um, positive sort of forward motion. Uh, with the entrepreneurs of the country, and I see growth, and I see a, a an increase in in the stock market. Um, I see an increase in in most uh, assets uh, to the point in which euph- eu- euphoria will take over again, like it always does. And we might be reminded that this is not the first time that this has taken place. Uh, so so soon after a new president got in, after one that, quite frankly, had no clue how to uh, generate these things. 
Um, and so what concerns me the most is the debt level continues to blossom. And when you have that happening at the same time uh, with uh, the growth side of things, you don't have to go back um, centuries. You only have to go back, you know, less than one. And um, you might remember the 1929, we all know it, because we all were taught it at school, but no one talks about 1926, 1927, and 1928, the three years prior to the 1929 crash. And those three three years were insane. Growth was two and three hundred percent over those two three years. Think about that. Think about the stock market doubling in a year or tripling in in three years. And so I see some crazy things ahead. I see um, the manipulators, the central planners, uh, you know, making sure that things don't topple and continue this growth pattern to the point where we may see a 50,000 stock market or even a 60,000 stock market. We may see real estate prices increase even greater than they are today, which they're at you know, record bubble values right now. And then after that euphoric sort of movement up, which is where most people get caught, because as things go up, you don't want to be left behind. And so more and more pile on, and then the devastation hits, and that's when the pain really sets in. So what do you do about that? Well, try not to get caught up in it, because you're talking about all of this media push and all of these sort of slanted stories. Remember, that's what they want you to follow. Mm-hmm. That's where they want your minds to go. And while you have to stay connected and in tune, you can't be allowed to be pigeonholed. You gotta stay sharp. And so, uh, this debt problem is real. It's gonna burst. They'll prop it up. They'll give you the feeling that it's kinda gone away and it won't happen again. But, uh, when it does, 2008's gonna look like a joyride, a, a trip to Disneyland. And, and Alex, yeah. one of the, the huge indicators for me uh, that you just alluded to is uh, the headlines we see every month that the IRS and federal government collect record amount of taxes month after yep. month after month, yet they yep. still run billions to billion. trillion dollar deficits with those record taxes. Of course, of course. And, and that's unsustainable. And, well, how would you like to run your own family <laughs> budget like that or your own checkbook? Um, so it is unsustainable, and so we get back to why people are moving and why people are preparing. Recent preparation is just a plan, and we prep for all kinds of things, as we mentioned earlier, and we need to prep and we need to protect our family, our loved ones, our friends, our comrades, our brothers in Christ, and, you know, make sure that we have plans together. doesn't mean that you have to get up and go to a different part of the world. I mean, America's not going to go away. I mean, it's still going to be here, but it'll be radically different than than what we know it right now. It'll be a long time before the big sort of heavy hurt starts to to, to heal. And so, um, you know, it's all in the planning stage. You, 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 You operate your day, you operate your week, you get up and you do your things. My, I have a little sort of focus and that's my chin is set like a flint 
and whether the wind comes politically off the right or off the left, my rudder is in the water. I know where I'm going because I have a destination, I have a plan. And part of that plan has to be, you know, positive. Get up in the morning and think positive. You don't want to think negative. You don't want to be depressed all the time. It's very hard to think positive and stay positive. Put a smile on your face. That happens to uh, to help a lot, strangely enough. But have a plan. And these Central American and South American countries, I was in Ecuador a few weeks ago. I mean, tens of thousands of Americans and Canadians have moved to southern Ecuador. In fact, some of the things that they were telling me were quite surprising, where, you know, they're going into uh, hospitals and saying, hey, um, you know, uh, we need you to speak English down here. There's so many of us down there. And, and so just funny little things, because you think about here, people want uh, 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 those that are coming to, uh, to our country to speak their language. <laughs> so we're all, we're all, listen, we're all very much alike around the world. But um, definitely have a plan. And then your finances, that's something that we uh, probably should touch on. What are you going to do with your finances? How are you going to protect your finances? Whether you have a lot of money, whether you have a little bit of money, it matters the same. Listen, sometimes in life having no money is the biggest problem. But let me tell you, when you have money too, it's a problem. Um, it's not the same problem. It's a different problem, but you have a problem. So where do you place the money? Uh, how do you protect it? How do you make sure that it's not in those asset spaces that are going to get devastated. They're going to get rocked to their core. And, uh, of course, uh, the financial establishment wants you to follow uh, what they quote-unquote say are the safest ways uh, to protect it, put it in the bank, put it in the stock market, all those that kinds of things. I don't know about that. I'm not here to, uh, to, to judge on what's right and what's wrong, but definitely uh, look at options, and especially ones that are not familiar too much, because uh, if you can do some of the unfamiliar things, uh, they're sometimes some of the safest things. Well, when we're talking about things like a home, owning a home and and uh, owning stock in the stock market, and uh, are these considered assets? Would you consider them assets? Well, uh, stocks, uh, you know, anything that you've been able to pay for is an asset. Anything that you still own money, owe money on is not. So a lot of people... Uh, listen, it's good to buy a home. It's a great, you know, it's, 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 it's a great feeling. But it doesn't become an investment or an asset until you fully pay for it. And even then, once you fully pay for it, it's still on the balance sheet. There's a lot of costs to maintenance and repair. Now, an asset, you know, a rental home uh, that's being paid for by by someone else that's uh, is paying off the mortgage uh, because of the rent. That's an asset. And so uh, stock, the, the stocks that you own, uh, the, the, the mutual funds that you own, the CDs that you own, as long as that's cash in your pocket and you're not having to, uh, to pay debt, interest is a funny thing. Interest is something that you should never pay. You should just earn it. So how do you go about that? It's just a philosophy. It's just a frame of thought. And unless you're in a, you know, band of people, a group of people, whether it came from your family or someone that you look up to, you know, we look at things very differently, and so the messages that we receive kind of lead us to repeat those either good things or mistakes. And so when it comes to finances, one of the simplest things that I should probably share, which really impacted my life, was just a very rudimentary saving system. And I, at the time when I learned it, I was 17, 18, I wasn't making very much at that time. Uh, but I've kept the principle, and the principle is very simple. Three jars or three boxes. One jar with the letter C on it, one with the letter P on it, and one with the letter T on it. 
The C stands for charity, and every time you make a buck, whether it's a dollar bill, ten dollars, a hundred, or a thousand, put ten percent in the C jar for charity. Start there. Start by doing good, because that you know when you do good, you feel good. And so then the next jar is P, the permanent money. What are you going to do? What are you going to What are you going to save permanently and never ever spend it until a bad day comes or later on in life? So put ten or fifteen percent in the P too, which means now you only have seventy five percent left. You know, if you force yourself to do that and make it a habit, you force, to, you force yourself to live on 75% of what you earn. Now, whether you earn a million dollars or you earn $25,000, if you live that way, you'll always have cash. You'll always be able to uh, support and, and donate to, to good causes. But here's the other thing it, uh, it teaches you. It teaches you not to go into the debt either. And so debt is, to me... I mean, I know it's a four-letter word, but it's way worse than that. So we dream a lot. We have these, you know, Madison Avenue images in front of us that tell us we should have this and we should get that and we should, uh, you know, be driving, you know, the biggest truck or whatever it is. But they want to earn that interest. They want you to pay that interest. you got to flip it on its head a little bit. And that's, those are uh, uh, great points. And... I imagine that uh, something, as you said, the the system of the the three boxes or three jars, that's a, a discipline that that had to be learned, um, because for many people uh, in America, and this is part of the problem, many people live above their pay grade because of things like credit cards and debts and and paying interest and whatnot, and um, you know they're in a situation now where uh, you know they they have they're living so far above their means they can't afford to save anything. And that's a terrible, terrible place to be in. What would your advice to be uh, to some of those to pe- people in that position be? Uh, how to turn that situation around? Shake yourself and make a decision and make a promise to yourself that you're not going to be, um, you know, a puppet uh, that they can, you know, just by a whim. I mean, listen, everything that uh, you see advertised around you, whether it's in a magazine or on the TV, it's all, you know, to 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 make you sort of conform, and so. Uh, you got to be a, a non-conformist. No, that's, I'm not talking about breaking the law. I'm saying absolutely, you know, live within the bounds of the law. But you have to think for yourself, and you have to be independent, and you have to uh, really, you know, say I'm gonna I'm gonna be different than the average person. I'm gonna do things a little differently. If you don't know how to do it, you know, there's there's a, that great World Wide Web in front of us uh, that we can all access on our telephones today. There's lots and lots of free information out there. I like free information, but definitely, you know, one of the things that strikes me the most is, as I keep talking about the affluent society and the not-so-affluent society, and the most affluent societies are not really the happiest societies on earth, and the ones that are less affluent, I'm not talking poverty, I'm talking less affluent, they seem to have a a higher sort of grade on the happy scale, and that's why people are moving to those kinds of, of places across the world places that once maybe were affluent. I mean, you take a look at Greece, and you take a look at, uh, you know, countries like that. I mean, even where I'm focusing on right now, Nicaragua. Nicaragua, many, many hundreds of years ago, was uh, was shackled uh, by sort of dictators that came, and then in the 1990s, it, uh, it kind of cleaned its act up, and then uh, was able to free itself from the shackles of dictatorship. And so, all around the world, there's countries that are moving in the wrong direction, down, debt, and stress and turmoil, but then there's countries that are moving up the scale. And maybe 200 years ago, it was a great thing to 
dream about coming to Americans. All of those Irish and all of those Italians, they've dreamt about coming to America. Well, now, hey, there's a lot of places on the world, and Nicaragua is one of them, and Ecuador and other countries like that are some places that people are dreaming about starting a new life because of the opportunities, because of the way the countries are, are run. They're safe there. I mean, very safe. Listen, uh, some of the most safest countries in all the world today would you would never have thought would have been Latin American countries, but the safety index from the World Bank proves it. Nicaragua being one of them. I think Nicaragua and Costa Rica now go between one and two. They're one, one year that Nicaragua's safest is Latin American country. The next year Costa Rica is. Hey, warm climates, fresh food, organic, happy people, happy people. So it's a, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's not out of the ordinary. Uh, and if you, you know, I, 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 one of my biggest things is test it first. Take a, a little vacation. Spend uh, two, two, uh, two or three weeks. Spend fifteen hundred dollars. I mean, you can. I was talking to someone today in in Miami. It's two hundred dollars to get on the plane to go down into Central America. It's not that much money, but do it, test it, like it. Then maybe you want to go. You know, you know, stay there. Find a find a job. There's lots and lots of work. This is a country that's growing at five percent GDP growth per annum for the last ten years. America would like those numbers. Yeah. Uh, so, so there, there is opportunity. Don't feel like you, you're stuck because you may be stuck where you're at, but if you get out from where you're at, you'll become unstuck and the doors will open. Uh, great points, Mr. Wilson. We got about two and a half minutes left before the end of Man, the, went fast. the segment. Um, any other solutions that you want to talk about? I know, uh, I see here on the, on our uh, show write up, uh, solution one, two, and three are, are prey. Um, and then you ask, um, has anybody changed their habits uh, in the six years that they've listened to this show uh, from storing food and water? Uh, what are some other solutions that, that you have that um, either minor or major that will help people live better, more fulfilling lives? Well, I always ask myself, uh, and I do it often because that's another habit, um, but, I, but I often ask myself, you know, where would I want to go next? Because I just like to move around. And so whether it's internationally or whether it's across state borders, that's the geographical side of what, what I'm saying. But then there's the other thing. Where do I want to put my mind next? Where do I want to put myself next? I like to take myself um, and give myself challenges. And um, it wasn't always the way. I was, as a kid, very, very shy. But um, just... Just ask yourself, what is it about me that I'd like to do, not to change who I am, but just to change what I'm doing today, tomorrow, next week? And try, I mean, listen, getting the confidence to do it, I don't know how you get that. I mean, there's psychological reasons, but for me, it's just put yourself in a place and feel uncomfortable. You're not going to feel uncomfortable all day because when you're there, you get more, more and more comfortable as you, as you are in that space. Um, but um, talk to people. Talk to people that have done it. Online, there's some great sort of platforms. These podcasts are great. Um, you know, look up uh, escapeartist.com. Look up liveandinvestoverseas.com. Look up, you know, internationalliving.com. All of these places are great places. 
for you to get out of the norm. If you're in a if you're in a rut, kick yourself out of it. But uh, even call our office. Our office will even uh, tell you, uh, you know, and then answer some questions and give you some advice. But definitely, um, this listen. Our good Lord has created a tremendous universe, a tremendous planet. And while politicians and business and real evil is is at play, there's a great deal of joy out there to go find it. What an uplift, Joe. Uplifting. Thank you. Go find it. But you know what? Take the initiative. In fact, call call Alex Wilson. Uh, contact Mr. Wilson for the options available to you. He'll guide you the right way. Uh, Thank you for such an uplifting message and for for the solutions that you have created for others. You've actually kind of blazed the trail in that respect in many ways. And I want to thank you for that. My pleasure. Man, I'll tell you. Uh, PreciousTimber.com. Best way to get a hold of you via uh, your website, PreciousTimber.com? That's the best place, yeah. Best place, okay. Again, Alex Wilson, PreciousTimber.com. Listen to this man. He knows what he's talking about. What a great, what a great friend of the program. Supports the Hagman Report, supports our endeavors. <clears throat> Excuse me. But most importantly, a Christian businessman helping other Christians do what's right. Thank you, Mr. Wilson. Thank you. Until next time. Folks, we'll be right back after this network break. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to this Monday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Stay tuned. Just what kind of thriller predicts the future? In three days in the belly of the beast, Daniel Holdings wrote about the God Particle before CERN actually discovered the God Particle. In As the Darkness Falls, Daniel wrote about an Islamist terrorist confederacy that rose up out of Syria and declared a caliphate three years before ISIS was ever heard of. In his newest novel, Between the Veil, Daniel talks about a space between dimensions where supernatural beings can walk. He says that these novels are a warning from the creator to his creation. Will war come to America? Will the world's economies collapse? Are we looking at increased earthquakes and volcanic activity? Will the United States fall into civil war? You can find all of Daniel's work at his website, DanielHoldings.com. That's DanielHoldings.com. All of these things and more are talked about in Daniel's books. To find out what's coming next, go to DanielHoldings.com. Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest-yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high-net-worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. Capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years would be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations. Diversify wisely with direct ownership of fully managed coconuts on prime farmland close to the beautiful Costa Rican border. 
For more information, qualified accredited investors should go to ProfitsInCoconuts.com or phone 855-888-6288. That's 855-888-6288. This announcement does not constitute an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offer made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288 or visit ProfitsInCoconuts.com. ProfitsInCoconuts.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. At HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. talk about the deep states, don't we? We talk about how deep the deep state is. We talk about things like the globalists versus the nationalists. We talk about, oh my goodness, the never-Trumpers, uh, people like Paul Ryan. You know, we, we talk about these issues. Well, we've got somebody right now that we are so proud to have on as a guest on our program. His name is Paul Nalen. Nalen. And I'm going to spell his last name for you. Why? Because, just so you've got it, it's N-E-H-L-E-N, Paul Nalen. If you're in Wisconsin, you know how to spell his name. Those people outside of Wisconsin, perhaps not. Paul Nealon, uh is the author of a, a DVD, creator of a DVD, a book, Wage the Battle. Uh, it's available through WND Superstore. If you go to superstore.wnd.com and uh, type in or just search Wage the Battle, you'll see that WND Superstore has got this package deal uh, written and uh, created by, by Paul Nalen. And I, I'm going to tell you something. This says it all. Um, I This package says it all. It... it, it uh, puts us in the place or, or it kind of gives us an idea uh, of the chaos that this that, that, that's going taking place across the globe as, as millions of Muslims make their way out of the Middle East and into the West, into the United States Canada, but most importantly or most significantly or most visibly into uh, into Europe now Western governments, they have been unprepared uh, by the onslaught of these uh, Muslim migrants, and many many world leaders appear very I- ignorant as to the blowback, the consequences of this underlying mass movement. What this is all about? Not not true with our guest, uh, Paul Nealon has got a DVD. It's uh, uh, as well as a book. 
it's a bundle. Wage the Battle, hardcover, Hijra, it's a film. It's a bundle at WND Superstore. And by the way, folks, listen to this. Listen to this. Use the code HAGMAN, that's H-A-G-M-A-N-N, at WND Superstore. Okay, do that, and you can get this bundle. It's it's just a fantastic bundle. It, it, it's an enlightening... Um, it, it really lays out the problem and even addresses some of the solutions. In addition, our guest has uh, is challenging, has challenged uh, Paul Ryan for his congressional seat. He's challenging him again in uh, the next election. One thing, I, I, he's, he's my hero to the extent that uh, Paul has uh, actually Paul actually forced Paul Ryan to oppose the globalist TPP, and I think that's just fantastic. Uh, I could sing his praises all day long, but without any further ado, Paul Nealon, thank you so much for joining us on the Hagman Report. Thank you very much for having me on. Man. Excited. To- I I got to tell you, you're you're just uh, you, you're. Uh, political uh, you're 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 just all over the place in terms of really pushing the pro conservative pro christian pro christian conservative agenda forward and educating people informing people but doing things to change the way things are and and I just I, I admire you for that uh it's just fantastic I appreciate you saying that. I really do. Well, well, it, it's true. If you don't mind, let's open up if if we can. Let's talk. Can we can we start up by talking about sure. your book and DVD? A little yeah, bit? sure. Okay, because I found that very significant in terms of what's taking place today uh, in Canada. We, we saw an uh, eight million dollar settlement made to uh, a uh, the Cotter. Uh, Family, the the Cotter son. We're we're seeing so many things take place here in America with respect to the Muslim refugees or the so-called refugees. We're seeing the destruction of Europe. But you've written all about this and, and created a DVD about this. You've laid it all out. Yeah, I um when I was when I was preparing for this race against Speaker Ryan, I was fortunate to spend some time with some folks who had worked very hard on this issue, and they educated me and, and brought me up to speed. And then I was so fascinated by this whole phenomenon that I continued to do research on it on my own and uh, watched hundreds of hours, uh, unfortunately, of uh, jihadist videos, recruiting videos, and I was able to access those videos through our own uh, servers here in the United States, through the Wayback Machine, essentially. And so by, by doing that, a couple things happened. I realized that this isn't just some uh, crisis of some people being displaced by, uh, by war. This is actually something that that Muslims Muslims believe they have to earn their way into heaven, as opposed to Christians who know you can't earn your way into heaven. The only way you get there is by the grace of God and Christ's 
sacrifice at the cross. So, so Muslims have been referred to as a, a hollow shell, and they're trying to fill themselves with uh, uh, dispensation, essentially, that that they have to earn their way into heaven, and there are certain ways they can do that. Jihad's one of them. And so I went through, uh, and there's several forms of jihad. There's, there's several forms. I go through that in the in the DVD, and I used videos by Islamic imams to demonstrate exactly what's in their texts. This isn't this isn't my uh, conjuring up some information. I point out when they give their lectures. They're actually teaching this this doctrine that's in the books, and the Quran is only part of it. There's the Hadiths and there's the Sunnah, and so I I, I show the, the 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 person watching this video, and I and I've got subtitles because it can be difficult to follow. You know, when somebody's speaking English with an Arabic accent, it can be difficult to follow. So I tried to make it as easy as possible and as informative as possible to really get the message across that when you're having a conversation with a liberal who says, well, uh, you're being Islamophobe, you're being a racist, you're being any number of things, no, you're actually speaking from a position of authority. You you now are have been given all these tools that I've gathered up, and now you can you can have a, a righteous argument uh, about this, and so I think it's a I think it's a, a powerful way. You know, it's a learning method uh, for any of the lifelong learners out there. I think they that's the best the best feedback that I get is I learned a lot. That hmm. to me means I've done something right. Absolutely, and I've got to say the way you have laid this out, the the the, the problem, um, the, the the scenario, uh, and also how you have bracketed it as a call to action, um, is just to me this is to to anyone who wants to understand what is taking place with with the. Uh, so-called refugees with, with the Muslim invasion, and that's my term, and mm-hmm. as well as how it corresponds to the instructions uh, or the the ideology of Muslims. This is th- this package um, uh, wage the battle is perhaps the most comprehensive. And, and I believe the most enlightening and informative package you could actually get. Even to the extent, and I'll, I'll say this because this is kind of a, this segues into uh, into your personal professional life as well. This is uh, this also kind of walks people through. This addresses, for example, the uh, immigration. This addresses uh, things. What's taking place here in the country? The the, the political uh, machinations by people by globalists like Paul Ryan, and how you single-handedly are fighting that fight for the American people, for us, even though we don't live in, you live in your district, but for us, the people who live in the West, in, the, in America, are fighting the fight to save America. And I, I think that's just an, an amazing, uh, very heroic, if I can say that, uh, 
uh, path that, that you've taken. I appreciate you saying that. You know, I, I you said at the beginning in the opening, uh, uh, you know, that I was I was fighting this fight and I I I wasn't coming at it. I was coming at it. Uh, Maybe in a different way than you normally see. I, I'm not. I haven't been a lifelong politician. I, I started out in a factory, 18 years old, uh, working my way through engineering school at night, and I eventually ran that factory. And I've run factories all around the United States and all around the globe, in Europe, the Middle East, Africa, Canada, Mexico, China. Um, so I know what it means to have tens of thousands of employees, and I know the relative differences between manufacturing workers in Denmark and Germany and the UK and Dubai and Suzhou, China and Mexico City and Delavan, Wisconsin, Beaver Dam, Wisconsin, uh, Atlanta, North Carolina. I know, I know the differences, the, the, the regional differences, and I can tell you with authority, with experience, that American workers are second to none. We are the most innovative. Uh, we figure out ways to get it done, uh, where in other cultures that really isn't an ingrained part of their, of their, their, just their DNA. Uh, yeah, workers in Germany, uh, love to have a plan and they'll plan things out and if anything goes wrong in the plan, they want to go change the plan. Americans, man, we jump in and we get it done. Uh, might not have all the plan formulated, but we get to where we need to get to. And uh, so when when I attacked this, I attacked it much like uh, I would if I were saving a business. And so there's you break this big process down of challenging the most powerful uh, Republican elected official in the country, the Speaker of the, the House, Paul Ryan, into its small parts. And then you get people who are smart and, and, and are educated on things and you educate yourself and you motivate them and, and show them that, you know, you're going to work hard and you're going to support them. We're going to make mistakes, but we're going to brush them off and we're going to move forward. So we had four months last time and that trade deal, Trans-Pacific Partnership, and I cover it in the book and I, and I cover some of the highlights in the book, uh, so that there would be no question when I'm being interviewed about that, and I can quote that trade deal. It's 5,500 pages. I can quote it chapter and verse. Wow. How bad that thing is and how it would have given up U.S. sovereignty. We would have been the United States of Asia had that trade deal gone through. It was negotiated for over half a decade, and Speaker Ryan was behind the scenes whipping the votes for fast-track trade promotion authority. And I open up the book with telling the story of how we found out we had defeated it, at least severely wounded it. And then Donald Trump, President Trump was able to sign us out of that trade deal his first Monday in office. And I have to tell you, I was so proud of, of Donald Trump doing that first, first Monday in office, uh, promise kept, you know. Yeah. What a what a magnificent what a magnificent uh, thing that was and so so I had very little chance of winning right I didn't I don't have a long uh, pedigree my family doesn't have a long pedigree of being in political office um, you know we're known as hard workers and and we work hard we work smart 
but uh, we're not political people. But, you know, now that I'm in the political realm and I'm learning, uh, we had four months the last time and we've got 14 months this time. So, you know, we are really about building a coalition uh, around the country. I'm running a race here in Wisconsin's first district, but there are, there are congressmen and women around the country who need to be defeated. Uh, Kevin Brady needs to be defeated in Texas. Uh, Maxine Waters needs to be defeated in, in California. Amen. Jeff Flake, Jeff Flake needs to be defeated in Arizona. Yep. Uh, Kelly Ward is, is taking him on. Uh, Omar Navarro is taking on, on Maxine Waters. I've got a guy, uh, I don't think he's announced yet, um, who challenged, uh, Kevin Brady. Uh, his name's Steve Toth. Great guy. Uh, met him in person. I don't endorse people if I don't, if I don't meet them and spend some time with them. But I'll tell you, there are some really good people around this country who really care about the rule of law. And that is the most important thing, you know, as a, as an elected official. I mean, you've got the realm of God and you've got the realm of government. And the realm of government is, is ordained by God. He, uh, you read in the Bible that, uh, the only, uh, offsetting thing to a bad nation is a good nation. And yes, uh, government is known as the whore of Babylon. But, but government and officials are, are head to, held to account by God to support and defend their, their citizens. And Speaker Ryan's going to have to answer for his part on why he has kept this border open. Why I've got, uh, pictures of people like, uh, Dan Golvatch's son, uh, Stefan on my desk. Why do I have pictures of Kate Steinle and Serenity Reedy? on my desk. It's because we've got illegal aliens who can get over our border even after they've been deported. Yeah. Uh, Dan Golvatch's son was, was killed by a four-time deported illegal alien. Kate Steinle was murdered by a five-time deported illegal alien. And, and Dan Golvatch holds Speaker Ryan, I hold him personally responsible for their deaths because he, when has he commanded the news cycle around the clock to demand that we get a wall built? Never. Never. He, he suggested that he would sue President Trump over a Muslim ban. <laughs> suggested he would sue him. I had to argue with people on CNN about, about, uh, Paul Ryan suggesting he was going to, to, uh, sue President Trump. So, when I when I talk about waging the battle, I mean getting getting in front of your representative, writing letters to the editor. There are so many ways that you can participate as a as a citizen. You don't have to run for office. You don't. Uh, you need to you need to spend some time supporting candidates that you that you agree with because once you get past policy, it comes down to two things: it comes down to money and manpower. That's it. If you can spend $5 and send that to a candidate, uh, you ought to do it. Because Speaker Ryan, for instance, uh, he raised $20 million last year. 1% of it came from inside Wisconsin's 1st District. 1%. $220,000. Yeah. The rest came from outside our, outside our district. The number one place that he raised money was inside the D.C. Beltway. Okay. Number two was New York City, then Chicago, then Houston, then L.A. Think about that. Are those Wisconsin values? Are those conservative values? No. 
No, Those no. are special interests. Wow. Okay. All right. And, and, and f- folks, uh, uh, I imagine it's like that with a lot of um, politicians who've been in there, who have uh, you know succumbed to the lobbyists and and you know sold their political soul for for monies or or favor. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you said, the Maxine Waters, Nancy Pelosi's, the John McCain's, the Lindsey Graham's, yep. the Warhawks, the people that have been in there for so long that they they um, they don't care about the average individual American. And, you know, that's one thing that really uh, people talk about term limits, that we need to have uh, term limits installed so we can't have these career politicians who are in there for, you know, 10, 20, 30 that's years right. at times. And uh, I think right. that would help balance the scales out a little bit and, and make it easier for regular people uh, to run against. And also there should be laws against uh, for raising funds, as you just described, outside of the district. You know, there should be a limit or a cap. Of some degrees put on that because what's who's to say the money can't be funneled in from China or Russia through a you know a city like New York City and and right into that campaign. So there are there's well, a lot we we need to fix in this uh, in these elections. There is, and you know the the insidious part of it is so so Speaker Ryan spent ten point six million dollars in my district. Do you think that he gets any bad press in this district when he spends the kind of money he does on <laughs> advertising? No, of course they, not. They are bashing me for backing out of my driveway the wrong way. Uh, it's 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 absurd. So they will never in the district put any bad publicity about Speaker Ryan. Uh, the conservatives won't. The 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 liberal media loves to beat up on Paul Ryan here in the district. But this district is set up so that essentially a Democrat would have such an impossible time to run a congressional seat. In this district, it is essentially me versus Speaker Ryan, uh, and the and the Democrats are are fielding candidates here who are suggesting we should raise taxes thirty two trillion dollars. I don't know if you heard this or not. There's a Democratic challenger in the district here. He's a he's a blue collar guy, and God bless him. I I love blue collar people, uh, but he is sadly mistaken if he thinks. Uh, Raising taxes thirty-two trillion dollars—he's—he's uh, he's out of his mind, honestly. So uh, this ra- this race is really between me and Paul Ryan, and I've got fourteen months to build a coalition, and I've got a website, electnealen.com, elect n e h l e n dot com. You can go there, see what I'm all about, uh, see what I've I've done in my career, and what I believe. Uh, it's it's. Uh, it's got to be a, a countrywide effort to get rid of somebody who is as prolific a fundraiser as Speaker Ryan is. Indeed. Um, just a message to, to the folks, to Global Star Radio Network, our, our uh, network, and also to Eric the Tech. If we can forego the network break at the bottom of the hour, let's keep uh, let's keep the continuity going right here. And if uh, necessary, we can... Uh, uh, Allow Mr. Nealon to to leave early, but uh, uh, that way we, we're not interrupted. Uh, essentially, what we're seeing here is you um, through your website electnealon.com, uh, but you as an American citizen with Judeo-Christian conservative values, right. uh, pro uh, pro conservative, pro Trump, 
um, build the wall, get the illegal aliens out. I mean, reflecting all of the the Western ideology, the Judeo-Christian fabric of this country against this Leviathan of a government, this uh, Paul Ryan that's really reflective of, in my view anyway, everything that is wrong with this country from well, everything that's wrong with this with this country with respect to politics. But this is where we're at, and you're launching this campaign. you got 14 months to defeat Paul Ryan. You're the only viable candidate right now in it for the foreseeable future against Paul Ryan. But we need to replace Paul Ryan, uh, in my view anyway, because he, um, he has shown his true colors, I believe, um, you know, uh, with the wall, with the immigration, with the TPP, with he showed his globalist colors. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. He doesn't reflect the, the he does not reflect the sentiments, the values of the people of your district, or really, I, I believe the United States in in general. No, and and he said before that he is not going to support Donald Trump uh, during the during the uh, campaign. Uh, before the presidential election, he was caught on on uh, on the telephone with all the members, saying that he was not going to support Donald Trump, not now, not ever. And he's demonstrated that's the one campaign promise that he's going to keep. Every chance he gets to get in front of a microphone and bash Donald Trump, Paul Ryan never misses the opportunity. But just this past Friday, Speaker Ryan had a employee town hall. And the way Paul Ryan thinks town halls it's okay to hold is let's go to an employer and pre-select questions and then we'll let those employees ask us questions. Because you know damn well no employee is going to ask a question that wasn't on the a pre-approved list because as soon as Speaker Ryan leaves, that employee will be disciplined up to and including firing. So for Speaker Ryan to suggest that that's okay and he announced Friday afternoon He's not holding any public town halls. Well, I'm going to hold public town halls. I'm not afraid of protesters coming and saying uh, any, anything, honestly. I'm afraid of one thing. It's my God. That's it. I have I have one thing to be afraid of, and that is a, a vengeful God. And But I've, I've, I've got uh, Jesus inside my heart. I know that I am the hands and feet of God, and I will go out. And I will do the right thing on behalf of my citizens, on behalf of my constituents here in this district, and I'll live up to that oath of office. I will. And uh, if that means securing the border, if that means stopping Planned Parenthood funding, if that means whatever it means, but it will it will flow back to the rule of law. It will not flow back to some some mandate that Obama put in place to put. Uh, DACA people here in this country illegally, right. or refugees in this country. Uh, it, it will not flow back to those things. You know, what you're saying is so refreshing. I do believe one man can make a difference. And of course, our guest, Paul Nealon, uh, electedneelon.com, running against Speaker Paul Ryan. Uh, can make a difference uh, in 2018, and and you've 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 you're fighting the good fight. You're saying all the right things. Um, 
you're in, at least in my view in looking at at, at your impressive upbringing uh, i mean from uh, how did you put it from factory floors uh through the uh uh to Fortune 500 yeah yeah, it, yeah. Uh, i mean it, it's it's an amazing it's it's amazing to see your trajectory and i think that I think that with God's grace upon us, we can we can be victorious in this fight. But see, yeah. but 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 you know what? I got an email, and I don't have it with me right here. Um, in fact, it was from somebody in the neighboring state who said, "You know, what could one person do? How can we possibly change this? We're fighting this this global globalist uh, machine. You know, it seems impossible, but you're showing it's not." And I, which is why, by the way, I like the uh, uh, your 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 package wage of the battle. If you go to WND Superstore, and Joe's going to announce about yeah. that. If if you don't mind, uh, if you pardon us just for a second here, yeah. we're skipping the break. We wanna, we have to do this announcement, uh, folks. Hagman and Hagman is now partnering with World Nut Daily Superstore, a subsidiary of WorldNutDaily.com, which is celebrating its 20th year as the digital pioneer in independent journalism. Shop your values at WND Superstore and help promote the Hagman and Hagman Show each time you check out. Go to SuperstoreWND.com and be sure to get your copy of Paul Nealon's new book, Wage the Battle. When you go to complete your purchase, be sure to use the promo code HAGMAN at the checkout stage and Hagman and Hagman Show will get a portion of the sale which goes toward helping us produce the most cutting-edge news uh, program in America. Once again, go to stu- superstorewnd.com and be sure to get your copy of Paul Nealon's new book, Wage the Battle. I, when I you think go it's to- superstore.wnd.com. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm reading it from my phone here. Superstore.wnd.com. Be sure to get your copy of Paul Nealon's new book, Wage the Battle. When you go to complete your purchase, be sure to use the promo code HAGMAN at the checkout stage. And the Hagman and Hagman show will get a portion of the proceeds as we are partnering up again with World Net Daily Superstore. And we, we want, want to, to thank, thank them. Yeah, yeah and, and thank them. And, and I want to thank you, uh, Paul, if I can call you that, uh, by your yeah. first name for, for, for the, the, the book that you wrote, the DVD that was created, the bundle that you have. I want to thank you because in this you do show the solutions as well as in addition to the problems. So I want to thank you for that. Uh, Thanks. And I and really, I can't think of a better debut uh, package and product than the uh, the bundle and the book, of course, by Paul Nealon. But Paul, getting back to what you were saying before about the about the fight against Speaker Ryan and, of course, the fight that that we're waging, um, this to me, this is a fight between good and evil, isn't it? At the very it absolutely, it absolutely is. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. We see the um, uh, that the Republicans or the people who call themselves Republicans have the majority in the House, they have the majority in the Senate. At the same time, it seems as though there is a deadlock and nothing can be completed. Are there, uh, is it money uh, that's, that's the reason that's gumming up the works, or is it a disagreement on how to move forward in this country? I think it's I think it's a couple things. Money is a big part of it. Absolutely, money is a big part of it. And 
we've seen a shift from a Main Street economy to a Wall Street economy, right? So there's more value in bringing profit to Wall Street. Uh, and, and so if that means we're going to move a factory offshore and bring the products back into the United States cheaper, uh, but it erodes our tax base, it reduces the amount of income that uh, Americans can make, uh, we're going to bring in foreigners on H-1B, H-2B visas. Uh, corporations are beholden to their shareholders, but that doesn't mean uh, we should be we should be undermining American interests, American national uh, interests. Uh, and I and it, when you read my book, you're going to find out what a strong uh, economic nationalism. Pro, uh, pro-business guy looks like. And I'm I'm all for trade. All for trade. I've done it all my life. Sold products overseas. I think it's great that American companies build businesses, factories overseas for supplying into those local markets. I have a huge problem with companies that locate in other countries to bring product back into the United States. That is a huge problem. And it's set up because our tax codes set up wrong. We should have a tax uh, set up for our corporate corporate tax of, t- call it 12%. We would have so many factories relocate to the United States with a 12% corporate tax because why would they want to make the shipping companies rich that have better lead time, that have great, great uh, resources here, and, and Speaker Ryan wants it at 25%. Why does he want it at 25%? Well, because... Big corporations can afford tax attorneys and tax accountants who reduce the effective tax down below 15%. But if everybody got 15% or below, let's call it 12%, you wouldn't need these big tax accountants and big tax attorneys. And the big companies that carry this overhead, they would have trouble competing with small and mid-sized manufacturers. And that really is what we want to support because it gets the big companies lean, it gets the small companies active. We would have so, we would have the biggest manufacturing and business explosion in this country that we have ever seen in the history of this country if we chopped our corporate tax rate to 12%. I'm telling you, it would be overnight, this country would look like a construction zone with factories being built here. You would have two or three jobs to choose from We would have automation going crazy in this country, but people like Paul Ryan don't want that. They don't want it because they want to protect their donors, and their donors don't want to have to compete with small and mid-sized companies. So so that's why I think it's happening, and and that's why I argued against the border adjustment tax. It was a two-pronged approach. Uh, One prong was, we're going to treat everybody the same. We're going to tax everybody at 20%. That's crazy. Why would you treat your best customers, Australia, New Zealand, uh, uh, Hong Kong, the Netherlands, people who buy more from us willingly, like China or Taiwan or South Korea? Why would you treat your best customers like your worst customers? It's crazy. Secondly, they wanted to give a 20% rebate to companies who export. So let's say you guys have a, a mid-sized pump company, the Hagman Pump Company, and you supply pumps in the Midwest. And I run a Fortune 500, and I compete with you in the Midwest and around the United States on pumps. 
but I also sell building products overseas by the container load, and I sell hundreds of millions of dollars of building products. I'm going to get a 20% rebate on that. And do you know the first thing I'm going to do is reduce the price of my pumps? Hmm. Say, why would you do that? Well, because I'm going to put you out of business. Mm -hmm. And the government is going to subsidize me putting you out of business, and then I'm going to get monopoly pricing on my pumps. And I'm going to get a rebate for the exports that I'm doing. I'm going to make money hand over fist. And there's going to be no risk to me. But see, I know that. I know that because I've run huge businesses. And I know how to play that game. So Speaker Ryan suddenly reversed course a week after I announced I was running again. And I had been hammering on this border adjustment tax for six months, making videos, writing articles, getting published, talking to anybody I could about how bad this was, and he finally reversed course on it. So that's why I think you can make a difference. I'm not suggesting everybody run for office, but when you find somebody who's working on behalf of, of you, on behalf of your job, on behalf of your family, get behind them and support them because I can't do this by myself. <laughs> I can't. I can, I can work as hard as I can, and I will, uh, whether I'm being supported or not. But I'll tell you, if I'm being supported, then you are maximizing, you are magnifying my efforts, right? Only yeah. makes sense. That's sure. how you can get involved. You, you know, uh, this this gives me a lot of hope for the future of this country. People like your people like you, um, who who are fighting this fight, and it's it's man, it's just got to be tiring, and it's got to be at times uh, daunting for for you to go after um, a position. Or, uh, Paul Ryan, I mean, my goodness, that's not exactly uh, uh, well, Maxine Waters, okay. Uh, <laughs> You know, you're looking at a whole different uh, league here. Um, If I can ask, what do you see taking place with respect to President Trump, his agenda? And and Joe indicated, he was asking this question earlier. I'm going to rephrase this question. We see, what I see is this internal fight among the Republicans, and I'm not saying conservatives, but Republicans. You've got the Freedom Caucus, you, but but there's this this gridlock, this this um, this gunk that that's yeah. getting in the way of progress. Uh, <clears throat> who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? Well, I'll tell you. I think in that fight, the uh, the good guys and, and the fight over health care, the good guys were the Freedom Caucus and uh, Jim Jordan went on live with um, Andrew Wilkow, and he said that they had a full repeal bill ready to go to President Trump's desk when he took took office. And Speaker Ryan came out of nowhere with that Ryan Care 1.0 bill. And Ryan challenged them and said, oh, come on, guys, we've been talking about this in the Better Way proposal. You know, that pamphlet that he was waving around, the Better Way. That wasn't legislation. That was a pamphlet. We don't pay him to be a pamphleteer. We pay him to be a legislator. He doesn't even write his own legislation. He gets special interest to write it for him. So Jim Jordan, Representative Jordan from Ohio, was furious about that. And and he said, you know, for Speaker Ryan to suggest that we agreed with with what he was putting through was wrong. And so I see a group of never-Trumpers in Congress who who don't want to see President Trump... uh, 
succeed. And then you've got this group of moderates. And you saw when they were going to bring the first vote for Ryan Care 1.0, and Ryan went to the White House and said, you know, I don't want to hold a vote. We're, we're not going to get it to pass. Why would we hold a vote and, and put these people's votes out there to the public? Well, my answer to that is so that we can see who the squishes are. We want to see who says in public they want to repeal Obamacare and who privately is afraid to do it because we want to vote them out of office. But Speaker Ryan protected the swamp. He protected those people who didn't want to show their vote and be on record for voting for or against Obamacare. He wanted to keep the cover of darkness on those folks. And so that is the fight that I believe President Trump is is un- helping us unfold here because he tweeted out the other day when the Senate was having these problems and we you know they're being told well we might not get this thing passed and President Trump said well maybe we ought to just pass a straight repeal to start hey he's throwing that hot potato in their lap with that with that remark and I love that he did that because clearly the American public wants to see a repeal Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't want to, when, when, when President Trump was up in those stadiums and he was here and I went to see him here in Wisconsin, he, when he said, we want to repeal it and replace it with something better, I took that to mean the open market. We're going to sell across state lines and we're going to be, let the insurance companies sell whatever they want and the market will sort it out. So when you take it back to pre-Obamacare, you are taking it back but changing it so that you can sell across state lines and sell whatever you want because that didn't exist previously. And something I might add that people miss sometimes, look, just selling it across state lines is not going to completely reduce the cost of insurance because, for instance, in New York City, the cost per square foot of office space is $72. And here in Delavan, Wisconsin, you can get office space for about $7 a square foot, okay? Mm-hmm. So a 1,000 a square foot doctor's office in Delavan is going to be 7000 a month, and in New York City it's going to be 72000 a month. So do you think a broken bone will cost more in New York City to have set in a doctor's office than in Delavan? Of course. Sure. But you know what? People in New York City make more money. There's a cost of living adjustment to live in New York City, so they can afford it. It's not going to cost the same everywhere. It's going to cost more in some places. You know, women could get a cafeteria plan that includes women's issues, cancer, broken bones. I could get something that's like uh, daredevil insurance and broken bones and cancer, and we'd all be happy, right? But I shouldn't have to pay for... Uh, women's issues or, or sex change therapy or genome therapy or anything Thank I don't you. want to pay for. Right? Thank you. Yes. So, so why can't, and, and I, and I know the answer to this. It's a rhetorical question. Why can't Congress pass that? They can. They have the Commerce Clause. The Commerce Clause was set up and given to Congress for the sole purpose of expanding trade, not limiting it, not saying, this is the government-mandated minimums for insurance. That's not what the Commerce Clause is about. The framers of the Constitution never intended for Congress to be able to squelch trade. They were there as the keepers of expanding trade on behalf of citizens. 
because that's our God-given right. When you have to get a business license or you have to get a license to cut hair, what has essentially happened is the government has taken your rights away from you and they're forcing you to pay to get them back. Why should you have to get a license to, to cut hair? It was crazy. They were cutting That's, hair in caves yeah. with, shell, with seashells. That's an excellent point. I, I, and I don't, you know, I, I don't, I, Paul, I'm not sure how many people really understand the implications of that, of what you just said. Yeah. Wow. And, and thank you for citing the Constitution. We've got a... <laughs> Oh, thank you. don't hear it very often, I unfortunately. No, but no. Speaker Ryan will wave it around occasionally. He's got he's got a, a pocket, and I've got one here in my in my briefcase. He'll wave that thing around and, and suggest something about the uh, the Constitution, but you never hear him quoting it off the cuff in those terms, right? No, no, because never. he's not paid to do that. His donors don't want him saying that. Oh, man. His donors want him to say things like, "We need government involved in health care." You know, as he as he prepares weekend at Bernie's and delivers this cadaver to President Trump to breathe life into. It's 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 all political theater, people. It's all political theater. And Speaker Ryan is a master. He is a master of it. This political theater. He is the Steven Spielberg. Of political theater, yeah. that's who Paul Ryan is. And, and uh, it's—I'm glad you're you're outing Paul Ryan in the way that you are. I, I think I think that you know most conservatives, certainly most Christian conservatives, have, have been seeing what Paul Ryan has been doing or not doing. Um, yeah. Am I right in saying this? Because I, I was I was reading a lot about you today um, in preparation of our interview. Both Joe and I were. Uh, Donald Trump gave you a little bump for the uh, uh, little uplift here recently, didn't he? Um, Donald Trump. He did. He did. He did. He uh, he tweeted at me during the race and and uh, he begrudgingly endorsed Ryan. And you know, I never faulted him for that. I never faulted him. It was in the last days, last hours of the race. He you know, read it from a piece of paper like he was essentially uh, forced to do it. And, uh, you know, he also endorsed Senator McCain. Uh, and yeah. he has said, he has since come to say, uh, that is the number one thing that he regrets the most during his campaign was endorsing McCain. And I strongly believe endorsing Ryan was number two. But, you know, it was more important that President Trump got elected than I did. I, I achieved my mission of defeating Trans-Pacific Partnership. Here in Wisconsin, since 1950, only one federal uh, representative, sitting federal representative, has lost a primary to a challenger. Only once since 1950. Wow. That is 33 races times eight districts. That's way less than <laughs> one in 250. So, I had way less than 1% chance of winning in my first go-round. However, sure. we defeated Trans-Pacific Partnership, and we have a real opportunity to do this in the second go-round, because now people are going to see me in town hall meetings, and they're going to have this book. They're going to have this video. They're going to have the opportunity to, hey, we read this in your book. Is this true? Um, 
you've got you said you have seven U.S. patents. Yes, I do. I've got foreign patents as well. I'm an inventor. I've I've worked in factories all over the globe. Um, I can answer all those questions. I can tell you what Speaker Ryan was doing on this occasion or that occasion. I can tell you what the uh, um, sorry, I apparently have my door open and the screen's not closed here, so I've got interesting uh, animals coming flying in the window. Uh, so. So, welcome to summer in Wisconsin. Ryan, Ryan probably sent a badger in there after you. That's great. I'll tell you what. I've got a I've got a stuffed badger right here on my. Um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get it just to show sure. your listeners because most people will never see one of these. Oh my goodness! This is. You're actually the first group to ever see this. Look at this that. is bite. This is this is Bitey the badger. Uh, my uh, my um, nieces and nephews come in and they want to pet it. Um, yeah, I love Wisconsin and and I can smell the neighbors have a campfire out tonight. Uh, that's a Wisconsin tradition in the summertime is to have s'mores for dessert uh, after dinner uh, and go. Um, we we Wisconsin is like one giant campground. It is the friendliest people. You're ever going to want to meet. I've got family up there. I, I love Wisconsin. And you know they they look at Paul Ryan like uh, he can't do any wrong, but they're they're realizing that he's not supporting Trump. And you know I'm not calling him a bad human being. I'm not. I'm not saying he's a bad father. He could be a very nice man. I've met him. I've talked to him. Shook his hand. Asked him what he was going to do about Obamacare, and he told me he'd repeal it in 2014. Um, and then I found out in 2015 that he was uh, supporting this fast-track trade promotion authority, and the gloves came off. I mm. said, I'm going to find somebody to run against him, and then nobody did, and then I ended up doing it myself. So that's how that all went down. But, um, you know, Wisconsin's filled with nice people to, for the most part, and the the trick here, I believe, is giving them the opportunity to meet me and understand uh, their concerns and for them to quiz me on on where I stand on issues, I'll answer any questions. There's no, there's never any question about whether I'll answer people's questions. Well, uh, I don't think you're going to be too, uh, too too much of a. Uh, the the uh, town hall halls won't be too crowded. Uh, apparently, well, I see in your Twitter feed, Ryan says he won't do public uh, town hall citing concerns over possible protests. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but, but you're going to be out there, of course, uh, you know, uh, uh, handling that on his behalf. Starting this month, yeah. Yeah. Starting this month. Now, uh, but Paul, what can we, what can we do uh, as part of the new media? Uh, we've yeah. got a, a, a pretty vast audience in in North America, specifically in the United States. How can we best help you? Because we want to, we want to, uh, we want to. Uh, 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 Tamp down the globalist, the globalist agenda. We we want to get rid of the, the status quo. We we want to see people like you in office at the reins of power. How can we best help you? Look, I've got I've got a website. You can go to electnealen, n e h l e n dot com, and there you can sign up for my emails. You can volunteer to help. Uh, you know, next year when we start doing phone banking and calling into the district and things of that nature. Uh, from the comfort of your own home, you'll be able to do that. Um, I have people come from out of district to come, come knock doors here, and that's 
you know, uh, the August next year will be beautiful that time of year here in Wisconsin if you want to come up. Um, and, and honestly, you know, if you can spare $5, $10, 1000 2700 the maximum donation, uh, or 5400 for for two, um, you're not going to find somebody who's going to fight harder or smarter uh, as it relates to issues around the Constitution and and our God-given rights. And and I, and I I feel very strongly that we all are God's hands and feet. We've got to get involved and we've got to be a part of the solution. Otherwise, it's passing us by and and. It's not going to get better unless we we work to make it better. We have to participate. Okay, and, and I would urge everyone uh, to support Paul Nealon. I, I really do. Uh, it, we need that change, and what a message that will send. Uh, I'm going to be very positive in this. That will send Thanks. when you defeat Paul Ryan. And you take the reins of power over in, in that district. And I think that that would be, what, what a tremendous, uh, yeah. what a tremendous day that'll be. And by the way, your, your book, uh, your book package, Wage the Battle at, uh, superstore.wnd.com. Everyone should get a hold of that as well. You can get there. You can get directly to that package. Uh, and I should have said this earlier by going to wagethebattle.com. Okay. That'll take you directly into the WND Superstore, right up to the desk that has that package on it, wagethebattle.com. And don't forget our, our coupon code, Hagman. H-A-G-M-A-N-N. Yes. Paul Nealon, I want to say thank you so very much for, we want to say thank you so much for your time tonight. We've got about a minute left. Any closing thoughts for our listeners worldwide, actually, but for those Christian conservative listeners, any uh, any words sure. of uh, wisdom? Sure, um, you know, I I uh, the, the the number one thing that people could do is pray for us because you know this is hard on my wife. Um, I I don't I don't I'm not as negatively impacted by bad comments in the press or, or negative things said against me. It's it's hard on the family, uh, you know. So send your prayers. Um, sign up for my email notices and I, I answer people on email. If you sign up on my email list and you get an email from me and you respond, uh, it's me responding a lot of the time. Um, you know, it might not be a really long response. Um, you never know. I, I've I've been known to write a couple paragraphs to people uh, and, and and have a running running dialogue. Um, try doing that with Speaker Ryan. Try try getting a message <laughs> to him and having him answer you. Uh, what a mess. But uh yeah, go to electneilan.com, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at P-N-E-H-L-E-N, and, and the same thing on Facebook. I've got a Facebook page you can follow, uh, P-N-E-H-L-E-N on Facebook. And I'm on Gab, for any of you folks who are on Gab, um, also at P-N-E-H-L-E-N on Gab. Sounds great. All right, fantastic. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, thank you very much. May God bless you and, and uh, you stay safe. And, and th- by the way, thanks for showing us the badger. Lady, lady our studio dog, looked at the monitor. She was looking the, at the TV. She, she, she was about ready to <laughs> jump through. God bless you, my friend. I hope, hope you'll come back. God bless you guys, too. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. That was Paul Nealon. What a great guy uh, as we wrap up the program for tonight. Uh, what a great guy. 
if you read, well, folks, go to wagethebattle.com. That'll take you to the WND Superstore. And please use Hagman as the coupon code. And, Joe, if you don't mind, uh, please, again, uh, folks, we are so proud. I want to thank Michael Thompson from WND. Thank you, sir. I want to thank WND for what they've allowed us to do. See, she there saw. She, goes. she just saw Eric just flash the picture of the badger. There she goes. On the, on the monitor. Yeah, uh, one more time yeah, for this announcement. Ahead. Hagman and Hagman is now partnering with the WND Superstore, a subsidiary of WND.com, which is celebrating its 20th year as the digital pioneer in independent journalism. Shop your values at WND Superstore and help promote the Hagman and Hagman show each time you check out. Go to superstore.wnd.com and be sure to get your copy of Paul Nealon's new book, Wage the Battle. When you complete your purchase, be sure to use the promo code HAGMAN at the checkout stage and Hagman and Hagman show will get a portion of the sale which goes toward helping us produce the most cutting edge news program in America. Once again, go to superstore.wnd.com and be sure to get your copy of Paul Nealon's new book, Wage the Battle. When you complete your purchase, be sure to use the promo code HAGMAN at the checkout stage, and the Hagman and Hagman Show will receive a portion of the proceeds, and we thank each and every one of you for doing so. And we thank WorldNet Daily for uh, partnering up with us and and helping us get another... uh, a revenue extreme, regardless of how, how much or how little it is, every well, little bit counts, and we uh, we appreciate the opportunities. You know, and as and I want to thank John Robertson as well for uh, uh, for working hard with that, and and everyone at WND. But but you know what, ladies and gentlemen, in my view, when we look back and we look at uh, all of the possible tools that we have in our toolbox, let's use them all. Even um, the chainsaw? Yeah, yeah even the... Yeah, <laughs> no, be, just kidding. So, somebody... <laughs> never let me around a chainsaw. I'd be dangerous. But um, a, a couple of things, just just briefly. Uh, I, I do want to thank uh, Peter Chauka for his intellectual uh, uh, tutelage uh, for me. And, of course, all of the writers at American Thinker. Earlier we had um, Trevor Grant... Uh, uh, Thomas. Thomas, I'm sorry. Uh, TrevorGrantThomas.com is the website. Yeah, I was trying to find his website there. Or his, uh, and he's the author of The Miracle that, that's and the Magnificence of yeah. America. Thank you for that. And, and I want to thank Thomas Lifson, uh, the, the uh, editor of American Thinker. What a great website they've got. And we're have Peter on later on this week, I believe, or next week, here sometime very soon. But we've got we've got some great guests lined up, including Senator Tom Coburn. And some other people, but you know, going back to to uh, uh, Mr. Nealon, Paul Nealon, uh, what a, what a possibility we have here as conservatives, as Christian conservatives, to really make a change. One person can make a change. You can make that change. Together, we can make that change. And I, I do want to say thank you again to Paul Nealon, and uh, for his man. That can't be easy, Joe. That cannot be no. easy. No, it can't. So, uh, but, but all of this. And, and don't forget. Uh, oh, you oh know there's new bre- breaking news. Uh, yes. <laughs> Russia. Ahead. Russia. Everybody go to Drudge. The email that 
Oh my goodness, what a joke this is! They never stop. They're never going to stop. Well, you, you Trump know, Jr. was told the, in an email of Russian effort to aid campaign. He was offered opposition research to, against right. Hillary Clinton. That was a pretext. And he even denied it. He said he didn't. He just listened and. Uh, that that was for uh, a June 2016 meeting. I talked about this, this on, on Common Central last night. This is a smoking gun of liberal insanity. I, yeah, and I, and I said, look, this will be coming out in the media. Yeah. It was June 9th, I believe, 2016 meeting. It was uh, by it was arranged by a Russian attorney, and it was under the it had Paul Manafort, uh, Donald Trump Jr., and this Russian attorney, and it. It's a bunch of BS. You're right, but uh, so a nothing burger. One of my nothing. favorite words. Yeah, there you go. God bless each and every one of you, folks. I want to thank you so much for your belief and support uh, for us. If you can see your way to support us financially, thank you. And I want to thank each and every one of you who have done that. If not, prayers for protection and word of mouth always works. Until tomorrow, may God bless, stay safe, and you know what? Saddle for battle. Let's get off out there. 